Alright. Let's buckle up. Let's get ready to rock and roll. It is time for some Dungeons and Dragons. Episode 27. Homebrew. Strange Acquaintances campaign. Let's see how this goes. Hey, Internet, my name is Todd. I hope you're having a wonderful time. We have the dram dramatic music playing. Let me switch that up. Uh, it's going to get goofy to begin with. Um, so we're going to do a quick intro. Uh, I'm Todd. I'm going to be the DM. And uh, uh, you can watch us. You can check all our previous episodes. We're on episode 27, as I said. Uh, but we've got previous campaigns you can check out on podcasts, on all the places you can check it out on uh, YouTube. I should probably just record this. I only have to say it once. That'd be good, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, so we're <laughs> going to be playing some Dungeons and & Dragons. And uh, and uh, we're going to meet the table. Do a quick recap. We are in the midst of a massive big deal. But uh, we're going to dive in uh, and meet the table first, actually. Hi, table. Hello! Enthusiastic Ooh. reply! I love it! <laughs> I don't I'm know. It seems like yeah, that's what you want. So I, I figured I this would is like, the outdoor statement. Bring it on! All right. Yeah. So I will say about the whole like recording that section. I keep thinking I need to like make an intro for my own stuff. And like, yeah, you already have your like side quest live intro thing. Record some like narration over top of that as it like rolls in and. You know, I down use it as a vocal warm up. It's just like Be perfect. Blah, 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 blah. You, you gotta have that. That's Unique that's important. New York, crack that ice, because nobody wants to start a game and be like, mm, "I just woke up." <laughs> so, um, uh, where were we? What did we do last time? <laughs> Who's the what now with the hoodoo? Um. So I speaking of a holder, yes, there was a whole big deal. Let me layer. I'll just throw it up on the on there for a second. Um, there was a whole big deal going on uh, with the yeah. uh, big throwdown. The party has uh, tried to rescue grandma of Elias's grandmother. And uh, and right now, oh, I still have to set all the cameras nice. and stuff. But that's the idea. So we'll do a quick recap. Um, She's safe. Yes, grandma's safe. Sort of. Yay! Uh, for some reason, um, Steve, you're a bit quiet. <laughs> okay, well, let me figure <laughs> You're not that quiet, but you're a little quiet compared to what I'm used to. All right, so we're going to go around and meet the table. You met me. Let's go above me on this. Uh, Timely, who are you and you what and do you what? do? Uh, I am Hilda Bonebrae. She is a dwarf paladin. And uh, because I had to skedaddle early last session, I think I'm kind of on the fringes of the fight. But as a paladin, she's going to get herself right back in there. Uh, she is a med school dropout. Like Tom, they probably could record all of this intro. That's true. <laughs> we probably dropout. could have just done this once. <laughs> uh, disappointment to her family twice mm. over, maybe thrice over. Who knows if they ever received the letter that she wrote? Long, world, long <laughs> time. Let's ago. assume they've got a fairly advanced. <laughs> they can't be disappointed if they don't know what's going on. Yeah. 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 You know, they'll just be disappointed vaguely, but they won't be disappointed specifically. About exactly. Yeah. They'll just be like, we'll be disappointed eventually, even <laughs> if they're not disappointed yet. <laughs> Absolutely. So that, um, so that's Timely playing our resident paladin, one of several actually. Uh, there's a bunch of paladins up in this business. 
Um, but hey, that's what uh, sometimes you get that. You just, you, I wonder, is that we do accept suggestions, audience or player for um, product placement. So maybe there's like a spray to get rid of paladins. I don't know. Is that something you can, can do, Steve? Like a paladin invasion? Hey, I can, uh, I can make a paladin. All right. So we've met Timely, the uh, dwarf paladin. Uh, let's jump back over now and meet Darcy's character. Hey, or everyone. Darcy. I'm Darcy. You can find me at twitch.tv slash DarcyBits. I do other things than this, and they're good, and you should check them out on my YouTube and Twitch. Nice. Anyway, uh, for this game, I'm playing Wisdom. Uh, she is a human monk. As it says on the screen right now, I wasn't thinking about saying human, but I just saw it throw up on the screen, and I was just like, "Human monk, yeah, of course." Yeah, I was something actually that is worth mentioning, but I space. always forget to talk about. It. Yeah, and oh, by the way, I am a big believer in switching yeah. over the lexicon to species because that just seems a little less loaded and a little more, I don't know, yeah, better, a little yeah. more better. That's a that's seems what we're here for. Appropriate, yes. Either way, um, yeah, no, she's a human. She's a monk. She grew up in a monastery and it's time to see the wide world and uh, didn't get very far, turns out. Turns out it didn't get very far and now this is happening. happening. <laughs> uh, and the spirit within her is uh, taking control of her body and uh, she doesn't even really know what's going on, really. Like, if, if she wakes up, if if, if, this, if the astral visage drops, I, she's just going to be so confused. And maybe maybe pass out. I don't know. That's okay. It's a good stand-in for the audience. I love it. All right. Keep going around the horn. We're going to go meet Brenda next. And their character, Elias. Yay! I'm Brandon. I play Elias Eckhart, who is a half-elf wizard, a young one, probably around 18, 19, who uh, just met these people and then accidentally got <clears throat> into trouble with them, and now he's been yanked away from the battle uh, by his grandma that they went out to save, and who knows what he'll do next. Absolutely. I believe she gave you a good dressing down when you came to rescue her. Something along the lines of, uh, let me see if I get the, the, the camera right. She said something like, what are you doing, you fool? Um, or some such things like that. So that'll be, uh, we'll, we'll pick up where she left off. There. I was planning to die and I was happy about it. Get out I'm, of here. A little bit behind the DM screen. Seriously, if you're a divination wizard, is that not the very first thing? You're like, okay, when's my checkout? Right? You didn't save my life, you ruined my death. Exactly. Ooh, I, I like that line. I'm gonna I'm gonna Ooh, posit that back in. Something. I don't know what it is. It's from something. Don't don't yeah. There's a better death waiting for you. A, a more better death. Maybe that's tonight's episode death. title. Speaking of which internet, you can and players, consider <laughs> our title. All right, let's keep going around the horn and meet Gordon. Uh, Gordon, hi. Hey, I might be playing two characters tonight, I think. <laughs> I think I am. Um, I am playing Talthar uh, as one character, a paladin of conquest, who is in the fight of his life. Um, kind of swooped in last game and is bringing it to uh, a beholder and his cronies. Which, um, 
if you're gonna have a fight of your life, that is a great way to do it. Just like bam. So we'll see how that goes. And Rook, who uh, escaped imprisonment yet again last session, and um, looks to be through a plot point joining through the portal. And, it's true. Uh, we did that off camera. Yeah. But looks like he is—he <laughs> is through plot point is going to be coming over and may get a little payback. So we'll see. Absolutely. You know what? I literally just had to make you another character card, so I'm going to edit that up later, and we'll put Rook back in there because that was that was all season one going on right there. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But yes, I did want to. That's a great thing. I'm glad you remembered. This is why he's our official record keeper. Uh, he remembers things, um, and so yes, we—I believe it was Steve. Was it Steve who spent the plot point? Steve spent the plot point. Yeah, an excellent plot point, sir. As, if you go back to the last episode, we'll wait. I'm kidding. We'll just recap. Um, so the last episode, Rook in Ta uh, Tazvarel, a different city, the group is trying to get back to. He's imprisoned, and he's about to make good his escape away from the Beholder when he notices the Beholder is teleporting and the teleport sigil um, flashes, but it stays active and he sees on the far side his friends just just a, in that kind of telescopic wormhole view. He sees his friends through the portal and the last second makes a last second judgment call and rushes forward and we'll see what happens from there on out. Uh, all right, uh, where were we? Uh, that was Gordon. Let's talk. I think we'll talk to Steve last. Otherwise, I'll I'll forget. Um, so let's go talk to Bella. Hi, everybody. I'm Bella. Um, I'm playing Isold Connolly. Um, and yeah, once again, here we are. Gex has got me into a pickle. And I'm going to have to save his ass. That is just how it goes. That is. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So. Ah, here we go. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. And, Thanks, Gex. Uh, I think you're. See, blood... even my dogs are mad. There you go. That's probably the Valentine's. I don't want to give away your business. Um, but anyway, uh, the. Yes, that reminds me. It is Valentine's. So if you're joining us for the first time or the 10th time, and it's Valentine's Day. Um, you know, well, I got a whole thing. Just uh, thank you for spending some time with us, uh, players and any listeners and viewers, uh, especially if you're here live. Uh, thanks for spending the time with us. Um, it's funny, because I was going to give everybody the offer. I was chatting with my wife. I was like, should I cancel the game? I mean, it's, it's Valentine's. And she was like, it's a Dungeons & Dragons game. You're probably okay. <laughs> Is that that's a dig? On... Yeah, it was a sick burn. It was a sick burn. I was like, well, if if that that does definitely speaks more to me, my experience as well. So I'll take that on the chin. All right, um, all right. Let's keep going around the horn, and we will meet Matt. Is Matt here? I see they're in the chat. I am here. So ah, I am playing uh, Balin Iron Eater, the Clan Iron Eater. 
Uh, he's a traditional dwarven craftsman, and he's the uh, first of the generation of dwarves who's been born in uh, old halls of Illafarn to venture back out into the world looking for uh, lost lore and secrets and to bring him back home. Nice. And uh, she, I she love the fact that you My dad would be proud of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your, your dad would love this dude. You know, if you bring him back home, I'm just saying. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, he joined us late game, regurgitated by a purple worm. And uh, we'll see where that goes from here. Thank you, Matt. All right. And uh, then last, but certainly not least, Steve. Still here, still playing Gex Techford. Who, uh, character I'm surprised is still alive in a way, because he, he, I made him in five minutes. He was totally disposable, but um, apparently it's hard to kill. That that whole adventurer, 60-something-year-old spirit. See how, we'll see if he makes it out alive. If not, I, at least he's, he's kind of feeling a bit like a Klingon, you know? Give me a glorious death kind of thing. Hey, man, nothing wrong with that. Um, but if he survives, he'll be happy with that, too. There you go. All right. Love it. So we are, uh, I think it was Darcy. Was it, <laughs> Somebody mentioned a very fun cons a way to consider the, um, uh, what was it? Something about drive like it's stolen. Darcy, do you remember? Oh, yeah, that's from uh, Monster Hearts, a very good role-playing game that I highly recommend, uh, where one of the, like, Player tenets, they call them. Just like, here's what you should try to try to do. It's not a rule. It's just like, feel this in your character. And it is, player characters like stolen cars. And I don't think it really works that well, personally. But the, the premise is, go ahead, crash that thing. It's not yours. Like, who cares? It's temporary. <laughs> Darcy steals a lot of cars. Well, you know, <laughs> Toronto, Toronto has a problem. <laughs> mm, no. He's speaking from experience. This exactly. is for sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, that's why I don't think that it does work. It's like, I don't think you should be trying to draw attention to yourself if you're in a stolen car. You got to, like, you know, fly under the radar, but, you know, whatever. Ooh, I think it's more like the Grand Theft Auto thing where it's just like you're driving away from cops. Who cares if you get the, the bumper bashed in? At least you got away from them, right? I think that's uh, really what they're going for. Okay, I thought uh, you meant just anyway. like seriously rent, wreck it up. Uh, no, we do no. that too. Feel free to jump out the the side door while it goes off into traffic. You know. <laughs> well, it certainly makes for an exciting game. All right, yeah. so that yeah. that is our intro. That is, uh, we'll do a quick recap in just a moment. But basically, the players are on a mission. A mission from God. Uh, no, they're on a mission from dragons, actually from mages. Uh, they're supposed to be getting the help of the dragons to fight against the Inquisition, which turns out, spoiler alert, is actually a league of monsters who were controlling uh, um, uh, people and mages and other monsters through these strange crystals that embed in people's heads and control them. So that's that's the quick recap there. Um the party has been sent on a mission to uh, go out to the islands and back. Seemed pretty straightforward. There were dummy missions along the way as well, uh, including Talithar and Torig, who were carrying a false stone. To, uh, but this party actually was sent with a real stone to go and bring it back to Talithar. Um, uh, Tazvarel, sorry. Uh, 
and unify the mages and the dragons. So that is the metagame. But in the meantime, they're just trying to get off this island. Uh, and they've run into snag after snag. And uh, Talithar, who it turns out had been tailed by one of these monsters, um, met up with you guys. And then the monsters knew where you were. And the... the divination wizard's gra grandma um figured out very quickly that they uh uh things were up and then uh torig tried to warn talithar send him a message get out while you still can uh but unfortunately it was a bit late and uh, ended up uh, sounding in great pain, and then suddenly bamfing over here. And if you look on our map, Torig is somewhere on this map. I forget where exactly, but he is here uh, under their control with one of these red crystals embedded in his forehead, uh, forcing him to... Oh, there he is. There he is, right next to Talithar. Uh, yeah, isn't, he, isn't that sweet? When friends die to get... What? What? No. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to spend a plot point. Whoa! Okay. Torig... Is from Clan Ironeve. <gasps> I love it. For those who didn't maybe hear that, uh, Torig is from Clan Iron Eater, which is the same clan oh. as our friend Balin. All right. And with that, we enter a massive battle with lots of classic goodies, none the least of which is a Naga, a Beholder an Oni and a Reaper-like, Grim Reaper-like creature that keeps whoosh, appearing uh, and and taking on the players. And with that, we're going to cut, and we'll be back in just a second. He's famous from your clan, and he's from Session Zero. Him and and uh, Talithar were the very first two characters showcased in the seasons. It's true. And he's been he was played by Carl, but Carl is on hiatus for a bit, so he's been NPC'd. Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh. All right, everybody. Welcome to That's our Valentine's now. Day game. Roll for initiative. Sweet. That's we, how uh, we begin. Like, well, we actually? Yes, actually. Actually rolling for initiative. Yes, actually oh. roll for initiative. Oh, so we're, <laughs> we're not going to keep the turn order from last time? Unfortunately not. Sorry. You're like, damn he it. lost his notes and can't remember who had what initiative. So, because oh, he was fast is good. Yeah. I thought I, I told you that. But I want to keep my initiative. It was 28. <laughs> and I really liked it. Was, it was All pretty right. good. You know what? I Last... do have my notes. Big, All right. It, it, it took everyone's attention and you had to try again. All right. <laughs> Tell you what. Tell you what. No, no, no. I understand. And I do have my notes here. So to prove Gordon wrong, I'm going to keep the initiative scores from last time. All right. Just to prove I that I do keep notes. Yeah. Honestly, 
I'm just curious how much of that stuff in the intro we as like characters know, because that's the first time I heard a lot of that stuff. <laughs> like, and I know that I was like, I knew, right? I missed most of season one, but like, I didn't know Talithor was being tailed here. The a whole lot of that stuff. Sure. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Did no, that, that, in the that game, was implied. Or is that just stuff you're telling us Actually, now. <laughs> it was. I, I forget whether it was <laughs> empty wisdom. Or oh. uh, Elias saw that the Grim Reaper had been super interested in Talithar. So Brennan's nodding his yeah. head. He knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I don't remember think Eli, I mentioned Eli it. never got the chance to tell anyone about it. I mean, it. you guys well, can say. tied to being a council of monsters controlling people in the world. Like, what? <laughs> like, that's news to me. Well, again, I hope these that that's are always really funny because from the context of like the expedition that went out, and I'm just sitting there being like, I just got here. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not involved in any of that. Who are you people? What's going yeah. on? I'm about to die. We're carrying what? We're dragging to see what now? <laughs> what All is right. the turn order? Do you? Are we? Do we want? Oh no! To do I'll that read then? it out uh, because right. um, so is old with twenty eight. Uh, then we've got uh, if it's relevant, Beatrice. Then we've got Talithar. Uh, then no more Hudrick. I can take Hudrick off this list because Matt oh, shit, executed them. Hudrick oh, is man. dead. The, no. Oh those, my god. For those who don't know who Hudrick was, Hudrick was the mage who's been a thorn in your side. Um, mage Tower, mage, but they're not all entirely the same faction. Uh, it's a loose unified mage towers. And so this group, which was the Ocean Tower, um, didn't take kindly to this adventuring party because he kind of sank one of their boats and killed a bunch of their people. Um, well, they were after them before they sank the boat, but whatever, you know. Yeah, but, you know. So anyway, this particular mage was not very happy about that, uh, even though technically you were working for them, uh, for the mage towers. Z plural. Uh, so anyway, they probably didn't know that, and they just wanted to execute you. So Hudrick was a dick. Let, let's just say that. And <laughs> Matt effectively ended him. Oh, sorry, Balin effectively ended him <laughs> with uh, with a big stone hand or a big dirt hand. Um, Good. Absolutely, it's the worst kind of shocker. All right. Um, then uh, so anyway, Talithar is next after that. Then Gex. Then Hilda. Then something, then Elias, uh, <laughs> then all of Hudrick's men, uh, who basically got convinced, more or less, to fight on your side last game. Or died. Or they died. They're definitely dying quickly. Um, Other than we're dead. I'm looking at all these X's on this There's a lot right of now. X's on this <laughs> <It's screen. a> lot. <laughs> We're convincing them to fight and die. Yeah, True. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Have a good death. Uh, the most noble which, thing you can do is immediately switch sides and then die. <laughs> exactly. So um, after that, we've got Balin uh, with a seven. Then we've got uh, Empty Wisdom with a seven. Uh, Ashina with a four. Oh, she. Uh, let's talk briefly about Ashina. Ashina was a druid on your side, played by Donnie, and unfortunately got just demoed by the beholder um the uh beholder got the eye what is it the eye stock the death ray and death ray. Uh, 55 what necrotic points later slam and uh the only thing is none of you know this uh well actually who's got a passive perception above 16 anybody 
I have 16. I'll have to double check. But I don't think I was paying attention to that. Maybe I was in that, like, I was kind of around in that, like, I was next to Ashina for most of that. But you also, a lot's going on, on and suddenly so say stuff. And then had me run away. Let so me see. Empty. My passive perception is 19. Sorry, I misspoke. Oh, damn. Okay, so you saw. Uh, nobody else yeah. did, unless you've got a passive perception uh, at or above 16. Ashina yeah, kind of my jam. had been running north to try and aid uh, Hilda. And... Uh, and actually got to Hilda, did a massive heal, level four heal into Hilda, and uh, had the opportunity to attack uh, Hudrick, chose to heal their ally Hilda instead, and then took the Beholder Death Ray. And so, um, as Ashina lay dying, their little familiar, a fae being creature, came crawling up and and basically sang a fae song and teleported her away, plane shifted, away to parts unknown. And that is the last that you saw of Ashina, unconscious on the ground, as the little tiny fae dragon tried desperately to rouse her. Okay, so where's the party? Uh, so, and, and where would Rook now be? Ah, I will bring Rook into this in just a moment. I will, I will, let, I, for planning purposes, you would have been very close to where that beholder currently is. Okay. Okay. All right. Come, and being a rogue, you know, that's the way. Oh, and by the way, the Oni summoned a bunch of skeletons because, you know, it's an Oni. It's going to do stuff. They're very well known for summoning skeletons. It's got a... It's a thing. It's fine. It's doing things. It's a magic user of some kind being nasty, and there's a bunch of random skeleton mobs running around messing up people. Uh, all right. And without further ado, I think we can dive back in. And we got to the top of the order last time, and I'm actually... Hold on one sec. Authentic ASMR ready? Oh, I didn't come through ripping sounds as I got the initiative order out of here, so I'm just ready to go. All right, <clears throat> top of the order, Isold. Okay, 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 okay. I'm looking around, I see all this. I see, you know, our little wizard just kind of disappear. <laughs> um, and I kind of look down at all the scene happening below me. If I recall correctly, Empty Wisdom has just like yeah, closed the distance clever. to you. And I think like covered your eyes so that you wouldn't yeah, look at the like kind of locked my eyes so thing. I can see the um the the phantom. Uh the And I think I say something like we got what we oh. came here for. We should What'd you leave. say? We got what we came here for. We should just be leaving. And she just kind of smiles at him and goes, <laughs> yeah, okay. And then she kind of just stands up a little bit uh, from her where she was perched. And uh, can I can see the beholder, yeah? You can see the beholder. Now, not but five feet away from you is this shifting black shadowy cloth yeah. tendrils of this um strange 
uh, creature that keeps phasing in and out of sight. The Reaper looking at you, but you fortunately yeah. resisted such things last time. Okay. Um, but yes, the Beholder is approximate. The Oni is flying about 30 feet in the air um, and about 40 feet away from you, I would say. Um, yeah, about 45 feet away to your kind of northwest. And then the beholder okay. is in behind that, right next to this large snake-like creature. Right here? Snake horse. The beholder. Snake horse. Yes, snake horse. One I forgot Phil had done that. Uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Phil had, so the beholder is rotated right now, looking away from the party with that massive central eye and, and toothy right. maw um, facing behind for some reason. Uh, the elemental that Gex threw into existence and magic item okay. spent uh, is now harrying the beholder from behind. You see the Naga just next to it um, and a couple of people uh, from Hudrick's men just kind of harrying the, na the Naga. Okay. So she's gonna... Um, so would... Is she intelligent enough to know, or does she realize if she looks at the, um, uh, what is he, a, a phantom thing? The Reaper? The Reaper. Um, does she know if she looks at him, that's how he kind of can get her? I believe, yeah, I'd give that to you because Empty Wisdom quickly tried to click, close your eyes and be yeah. like, don't look, or something to that effect. Okay. I'll have done that. So. That was. I took over. Here. My question then is this is going to determine what I do. Um, with my brand of castigation, because it's now uh, free, um, well, I don't think it matters whether. I think I can move it at will, but it says I can brand uh, any creature um, that I damage with a weapon with my right on it. So, sure. Um, would I be able to? Mm, I'd have to look at it though to see. Yeah, uh, I'm going to, what close my to? eyes, turn around, knowing where it last was when I was looking at it, I'm going to turn around and take my shot. At the Reaper. I missed it. Yeah. Okay, make your roll with disadvantage. I would assume. Yeah. I Ooh. would assume. That seems appropriate. A 16 hits. Roll for damage. Nice. Brand of castigation, which now means I know where it is, whether I'm looking at it or not. Nice. Uh, I will I ask this, however. Know where it is. is your attack 
uh, is anything about your attack magical? Um, I well, I guess. Like, do you have I a mean, magic bow or a magic weapon of some kind, like arrows? N- n- no. Okay. Like my my bow is my bow. It's just a regular bow. It, but my blood right is on it. So your blood right damage will be magical, but unfortunately, your regular bow damage is going to be at ha- <clears throat> pardon me at half due to resistance. Okay. So go ahead and roll your damage. Oh, you already did. Look at that. Well, that's the uh, part of my damage. That's the damage. Right. So there's uh, so my blood right damage. So the six piercing is going to be down to three, but the four okay. is full. So and I'm going to take... And now I do not have to roll at disadvantage anymore. Right, that's absolutely true. Even though you're not looking, you're Ooh. just like... So... That is a 26. 26 hits. For another... uh, So half of five would be what? Down to two. two? Yeah. So total... So seven. Total of seven more damage. 14 points of damage on this creature. You hear this thing give this horror... Like, you hear thunk, thunk of the two arrows kind of hitting something in there. And it almost looks to empty as though it's missing... But there's the arrow finds something solid in the center, even though it sinks about six inches further in than you had, like than it should. And the creature gives out this horrible. Yeah. You have successfully and hurt death. Just want to double check. Um... It's not a fight for you. you. Should move on or change your quarry. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I I did. Nice. <laughs> Coming up next, <clears throat> let's cut over to Beatrice, and there's a thing that happens. First of all, Brandon, walk yes. with me. Slightly. Oh, sorry, Matt. Before we do anything else, Matt, walk with me back in time for just a moment. All right. I don't actually have a. Uh, a proper dual card for us for some reason. So just one second. I gotta fix that. Um, so, Matt, you, Balin and um, Talithar had been walking with uh, uh, your companions who were on their way towards the ship to get it ready to finally leave this God for, God's forsaken island. As you're going, the large lizard folk man uh, Lesserin, who you're escorting, has is taking you, uh, is walking alongside you, and then Balin, uh, sorry, um, Talithar, so many damn names, uh, Talithar suddenly flinches with a message. He doesn't share what it is, but you can see something about him. Kind of, actually, go ahead and do an insight check for me, with advantage. There we go. Uh, 13. Oh, nice. sorry, with advantage, I get to roll it again, actually. Sorry. Yes, you did. Uh, Whoa. Oh, 25 on the second one. Nice. Good thing so, you remember. 
you very quickly assess that Talithar suddenly has... Now, he's normally a person with a mission, but this time it's just like... Arrow focus directly do with that way. And he actually mutters aloud his response to his ancient friend, uh, to his uh, the person who's kind of talking in his head. Uh, Gordon, I don't know if you remember exactly what you said. As Talithar um, last, or more or less. I think I said something like, uh, don't worry, we're coming. That's right. Right. So um, you you got the impression that he was given a message and that uh, he was speaking to somebody and suddenly aware of danger over there. Now being a paladin, he sometimes does that. He gets these senses uh, and you would have been aware of that. Um, all of a sudden, uh, you know what? Ta- um, Gordon, by any chance, did you mention your old friend's name? Um, I probably did. Yeah, like <laughs> Thank you for so. for n- <laughs> playing along. Like, so, like Tori, I think you did yeah. actually. I remember I you being like, did. "So that, that that probably isn't my friend, but I remember it because of the spell that he casts." And it's like, "Who's your friend?" And yeah, yeah. So you mentioned the I word. I feel like you recognize him, Tori. Mm-hmm. Matt, you know that name. I do, I do. Uh, what uh, what kind of things does Torig uh, was was he known for? Is he a he warrior? He was a mage. He was a, ma- a, mage. a wizard, which is not that common amongst dwarves. Not unlike yourself. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, what is I guess I'd ask the a... relation between you and Torig? Uh, you know, I, I think I sent you some artwork before of the person I wanted to be my master, the person whose spirit is probably, you know, animated from my book, right? Maybe this is like Toreg's wife or maybe a, a, a cousin to Toreg or something. It, the circle is small amongst dwarves, especially from your clan, Iron Eater clan. Yes. But even smaller amongst those who study the arcane arts. The infusion of magic into items is no stranger to dwarven kind, but specifically those who wield the arcane arts for that and for other purposes, the, the circle is even smaller. You know Torig. You know Torig fairly well. Torig left the Iron Eater domain some time ago went out into the world and sought closer connections with the mages of the above world. Torig, you would know, allied themselves with the mage clan and uh, with the mage towers and would often return, not for some time now, but Torig was known to have worked with the mage towers. You recognize Torig's name now as Talithar mentions it. It seems like Torig is in some kind of trouble or warning just based on what 
um, on what Talithar said. How do you prepare yourself to aid your cousin? Well, I almost wonder if maybe Torag's a bit of a controversial character in, in our clan because, you know, he's joined the, the Wizards of the Surface world. You know, is he sharing our secrets or not, right? Um, you know, at the end of the day, he's still a member of Clan Iron Eater. You know, we're family. I'm going to do my best to save his life, even if uh, I might not agree with everything he's done. You know, he's still a, still a great, you know, keeper of knowledge. And, uh, and you know, he's he's part of the clan, so... I, I guess maybe I'd ask uh, Talifar, is, uh, is this Toreg? That's a familiar name to me. Is Do you know his clan name? And this is in the past? This is in the past, just before well, you I'm zipped sure. over to try and help you. I would have just said Iron Eater. Told Iron me Eater. So it is him. Okay. Uh, you you were talking earlier, I believe. I overheard uh, to a friend. This Toreg is uh, well. I know him as well. Um, uh, it's it's very important to me that uh, his life be preserved as well. Um, as far as preparation, I don't think I don't have any buff spells or anything really like that. Um, this yeah, one, I would. I would. This Toreg is important. To you, Valen, the lizard man, Lesser, oh, right. leans there. over who you've been escorting, kind of planting his clawed hand on your shoulder. He's important to you. He is. He is. He's a, a great elder of our clan, a, a very learned man, a very skilled man. Um, yes. Uh, and as uh, Talithar is busy digging in his pouches and pulls out this kind of vile... Uh, and begins to uncork it and chug it back. Um, Lesserin reaches up to the necklace around his, uh, uh, to the the dragon skull that he wears around his neck. Um, it's not a full size; it's like an emblem, like a totem of of, of some kind that he wears, like a symbol. And he yeah, reaches yeah, into the mouth right? and begins to pry at it with his claws, and then pull and snaps out a on jagged on one side but an essentially an uh, a, an onyx colored tooth from his emblem and he passes it to you Balin and kind of grips your hand over uh, with his and says may it see you through until we meet again, save your kin, dwarf. Thank you, Lesserin. Well, we've known each other for a short time. You've been uh, you've been a good friend, and I, I appreciate you. Um, good you luck to you as well. You saved me from a muddy, dishonorable death. I now return a favor. I hope. Oh, you've 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 certainly uh you've certainly uh you've certainly paid paid it back. It was it was never there was never a debt, but I'll accept it as as a gift. Thank you very much, my friend. At that point, you look over 
and Talithar has chugged whatever potion it was and is now floating a good ten feet up in the air, looks back at you impatiently, and you're like, oh! And he begins to rocket off in the due west, northwest kind of flight path. And at that point, what do you do? Uh, am I able to use a, do a quick uh, analysis of this tooth he gave me, maybe? I mean, you could, but it? you'll fall further behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm going to have to cast my fly spell and keep after him, right? All right? Yeah. You cast your fly spell and tail off after the plate-mailed paladin. Oh. Off before I go, before I go, actually, I want to give Lester in one of my stone gifts. I want to give him a... Uh, give him a necklace carved with the head of one of my dwarven gods to maybe remember me by. Nice. So you reach up, pull it off, breaking the chain, but it can be fixed. And you toss it over to him and he catches it and holds it high. And Jimmy's like, we'll have the boat ready. And you fly off in pursuit. Cut back to tonight's uh, cluster. All right. Um, Not that um, much of a cluster. Well, we'll see. All right. <laughs> Whose turn was it? It was Izzled, right? And I just and finished. Uh, you were going to Beatrice and Elias. I'm gonna have an interrupt here. Okay, so this this guard, the the axe wielding nasty guy that had been facing off with Hilda, um, and oh by the way, Hilda, you're nowhere on the map because at the very end of the, uh, the last game, uh, the beholder used one of its eye stalks picked you up with a telekinetic ray and flung you into the bushes 30 feet away. So you you are, yeah, that's where you've gone. Uh, but the dual like the dual-headed axe guard that had been once fighting against you is now desperately trying to take chunks out of the beholder. And the beholder doesn't seem to like that. And so it spends a legendary action to uh, turn around and try to target it with a ray of some kind. Uh, one of the eye stalks swivels in its direction. Um, oh boy. Okay. All right. Um, the, the guard, surprisingly, manages to save on his deck save as the the eye and this weird kind of palish gray light beams out of the eye, striking at where the guard was, but he flinches away at the last second, just kind of batting it away, blocking it with his axe. The axe begins to kind of shimmer for a second and then begins to just dissolve into dust. And he quickly drops the axe and grunts at this beholder and draws out a dagger as he barely, barely dodges the um, disintegration ray. All right, now it is Talithar's turn. I also would be giving, he's in my aura, I think. Oh yeah. Plus four, so. Yeah, well he rolled a 16, so he definitely passed that save. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, Talithar with his bonus action. As his sword at the ready again, and once again channels brilliant light into it for a blinding smite. Nice. And he, with that, he's just going to point his sword at the boulder and lunge to strike. All right. Go ahead and make your attack roll. Okay. Um, 
There's three. That will hit. Go ahead and roll your damage, and I believe I have a save of some kind. First, I'll roll the damage, sure. But I guess the question I have is, I, I think that I can also use a Divine Smite and, and expend a spell slot you can. to do damage sure. on, yeah, on top of that. Yeah, paladins are kind of broken. Do it. So I will... So I will do that and roll damage for the Blinding Smite. I will spend a second level spell slot because I'm out of three. So then I do 3d8 plus 3d8 plus my weapon damage. All right, go ahead and roll your attack, uh, your damage, sir. Dang. That's how you play Paladin? That is how you play Paladin. You stack it till it's dead. <laughs> I don't know if that's visible. And it will take camera. 42 damage to the face. All right. Um, Roll a con save. Rolled the con save. And if you on the stream, you can see it. I don't think you can see it because my no, roll 20 is broken. That is a natural 19. I'm sorry. Oh, it, it passed. Okay. So it is not um, blinded, but it does take the extra damage. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to strike at it again. Oh, uh, sorry. How dead. much damage was that again? 42 points of damage. 42 points of damage. Yes. That's a lot. That's some pretty good damage. That's some pretty good damage as this sword just with this brilliant flash of light and then an arc of this kind of greenish blood sprays. A the second attack, uh, 26 to hit. 26 also hits. Uh, spending a second level spell slot to do 3d8 extra damage. Talithar is not playing, folks. What color is his shirt? <laughs> and he takes 29 on top. So he's taken oh 71 damage. Jesus Christ. That, that might be a table record. Wow. Oh, oh damn. If this is how you play Taladin. I'm glad I'm seeing this. That beholder <laughs> is just... There's these two massive gashes. It's still facing away from you, but these two massive gashes line its body, and it makes this horrible burbling sound. Like... <laughs> it is not pleased with you, sir. All right. <clears throat> to that aim it's um, that is your turn uh when it comes to movement am i able to move like closer like this like get in not quite in between but like that like kind you of... can get right up in his grill yeah there's it's 10 feet so you can scoot in an extra five get right up base to base with this thing okay cool and you look over at that formerly dual axe wielding uh, maniac that was a uh, uh, we need a name for this guy like he's pretty freaking legendary for an NPC um, but yeah you look over glance and catch eyes for a second you're just like oh and you're just laying into this beholder it is it is hurt badly nice job it took like how much 40 something or 50 something last 
Yep, yep, it is. You're okay. laying in the damage. All right, coming up next. <clears throat> it, uh, Gex, you're on deck. Hilda, also on deck. But before that, a legendary action. As the beholder turns, not liking that one little bit. I need Talithar. You need to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. As the eye stock that had just looked at the uh, unnamed uh, warrior with the with the axe suddenly pivots in your direction, and that grayish light begins to wash in your direction. I am going to spend an inspiration that you gave me to roll with advantage. All right, fair enough. That's what they're there for. Seventeen? Or a seventeen. Seventeen is a save. I need you to pick one item of your inventory. That would be kind of on the outside. Could be a cloak, could be your boots, whatever. Um you know what? I I've I've always had like my old greatsword kind of strapped to my back. So, okay. but I haven't been using it since session zero. So I'm just gonna say, like in dodging, it it gets like the great sword. Sure, you pivot and it starts at the hilt and just begins to like just go into like a puff of dust from the hilt all the way down your back, and you're just like, oh, you feel lighter. You feel lighter now. All right, that is that is the action. Nice save. Good job. All right, coming up next, Gex. Uh, just again, rinse and repeat. So he's going to uh, dash himself in there, get all stabby, and then disengage. Uh, so there's several things near you, so you have to just tell me which one you're going for. There's the elemental that just seemed to be randomly pummeling people right near you, about 10 yeah. feet away. Then there's the Beholder directly across, about 55 feet away, almost directly due mm -hmm. west. Uh, there's also this snake-like creature in Naga um, that is sitting there. Now, you look at the snake-like creature, and it's partly horse as well, and it's partly on the ground, but the hooves with these strange flame-like uh, hooves are almost stepping up in the air a little bit and then back down on the ground. So it seems to have some, some flight capability. I need you to tell me, uh, who are you going to go stab, sir? Oh, he's going straight for the beholder. All right. Kind of like gonna squeak between, uh, you know, this this little lane here. Between, <laughs> just like go right, right along this kind of track, straight on. All right. So uh, right past the elemental. All right. Um, yeah, so you go. The elemental seems kind of like. It's not necessarily aggressive against us, so... It's actually... Just... Now, strictly speaking, Empty Wisdom made it hostile towards the enemy who commanded it to be hostile to you. I don't know. Do you want to do an insight check for a second? That as guy's bonus dead action? now. Who knows what they're up to? Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, you can take a look at this elemental if you want, or you can just go for it. What do you want to do, Steve? I, I'm... He's going to... 
um, just rely on the fact that no one ever seems to notice him in this whole situation and right. sneak between everyone at the I best will... speed we can. And All right. So yeah. as you go through... I believe um, they heard their like reaction already last time. They they actually hit Hudrick with their, their but reaction. That was last round. So... Well, he it, died last round. So as Gex goes running through, <laughs> as Gex goes running through, the elemental spins, noticing him, and takes a swing at him, and thumping the ground with this burning flame. The dirt and the brush behind you lighting on fire a little bit as it misses badly with a three. Um, so you don't get hit by the reaction. I will say this. Ash, uh, Ashar, the uh, cleric who's been sitting right there, um, quickly designates you not as an enemy, so you can walk through without that. So oh, that's nice. Of him. That is nice. You, yeah, so it is nice. Oh my you, gosh, we're all fighting this beholder, and you decide to make you line through. You get past the dwarf who's kind of clump, crumpled on the ground, uh, standing next to Talithar now, and the unnamed guard guy and uh internet we're gonna need an unnamed guard guy name i'm not joking uh but anyway uh you go ahead and make your attack steve uh so the the attack is 26 that hits and the damage is you get your sneak attack i yes, get my sneak do. attack so i will roll all of that together sneak attack is nine 11. So 14 just from sneak attack, and then the rapiers 1d8 plus 4. So 9 from the rapier. Alright. 9 from the rapier and 14 from the sneak attack. Nice. And then uh, he will again disengage to get and this thing is pissed off as the rapier is just leaving these deep puncture wounds um all right it is still up but it's looking really nasty um okay hovering bulbous form eye stalks kind of flailing it when it gets attacked that is gex's turn coming up next Hilda. Oh. Okay. So. You pick yourself up off. You are prone at the moment. I am prone. Okay. So do I have to? Do I have to? I guess I'm gonna have to roll like something to get up. No, you can just spend half your movement to get up. Okay, I spend half my movement to get up, and then is the guard. The crossbow next to me friendly at this point? Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, you kind you of take strange. a look at this guy. He's probably like barely 18, new conscript into this uh, faction and is kind of looking wide-eyed like this is not what he signed up for. You get that for free and he's got the crossbow and it's cocked and ready and he's like nervously looking around trying to decide who to shoot. You get that for free. What do you want to do? Okay, so I say I muster as much sternness as I can as like a young 
uh, university dropout. <laughs> like, look, I've been where you've been, you know, young, unsure what you're going to do. But trust me, you're going to want to point that crossbow at the, the large snarling thing in the middle there. Which large snarling thing? There's so many. Well, the eyes. <laughs> many eyes. More than two. Can I get you to do a persuasion check for me? Oof. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Even with a plus eight, it's only a ten. <laughs> Dang. You do it! And he throws you the crossbow and takes off. And begins to run north. And he only gets a little ways before he ends up seeing the body of Hudrick as he's going north there. And, and suddenly he's like, ah! as he's like grabbed in this dirt hand that's busy like pinning it to the ground. And he like yelps uh. and tries to sidestep it. And that's his turn. Um, all right. Hilda, I'm going to count that as your bonus action, if that's okay, unless... Okay. All right, um, you have a crossbow now. I have a crossbow, woo! Uh, with, I guess, like, at least one bolt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a heavy crossbow, what? too. Ooh. What, what's the range on that? Because a lot. I am, like, like a woo, okay. Good luck. Okay, I'm going to try and... Shoot with my crossbow at the beholder. All right. Uh, I know it. it's currently turned away, looking not me necessarily. So maybe this won't strike a gigantic middle eye. But oh, let's well, see. yeah. Well, roll your dex attack, please. Ooh, my dex What? What? What would that be? Oh. You can just roll your decks and then add your proficiency bonus manually if it's easier. <laughs> it's not that much. It's six. Obviously, I'm not proficient in crossbow. <laughs> yeah, you just it it does go in that direction. That's that's you're proud of that. Um, and I'm, it just yeah. off into the dark, uh, kind of amongst the trees, uh, and that's what you. My got. father won't be proud of that. All right, that's your turn. Uh, <laughs> more disappointment for your dad. Oh, no. He doesn't have to have a play-by-play exactly what I do in these fights, but I think psychically he's going to know. Like, just somewhere while he's toiling away in the mines, he's just going to, oh, I feel like Hilda just disappointed me again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. he's just like ah oh. stubs Aww. his toe and he knows somehow it was related to you all right uh let's see what happens next hold on one second Ooh, interesting okay um i you know what i'm gonna roll for this one two three four five six seven and then eight would be somebody on the npc side uh sure all right so that same NPC that you went against, it's the Beholder takes another legendary action and turns a different eye stock towards this strange 
Uh, oh, I believe we got a name. Name is Triggs. Um, so the man's name is Triggs as he pulls out a dagger and begins to just get ready to stab the beholder again, standing side by side with Talithar. Uh, he says, It's an honor to fight with you, sir. <sighs> and falls to the ground completely unconscious. All right. Burn it against... Is there an unconscious one? I don't know. There. Triggs is definitely wearing a red shirt. Yeah. Definitely. Hey, it wasn't the disintegration ray. It was not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they got lucky. lucky. They did get lucky. All right, that yeah, is. A lot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a lot. Oh, now it is the variety of creatures' turns. The beholder spins around at this point. It is real pissed off, and it begins to stare directly in this direction towards Talithar. Um, but on a kind of a 45 degree angle from there. So it's not looking with that big eye right at the, the Naga. Um, actually, as it spins around, you see the Oni be like, and fall 30 feet down to the ground. Thump, right there. Uh, as the, whatever caused it to be able to fly, it is no longer able to do. Um, the Beholder will then use three Eye stocks. Am I uh, in its anti-magic cone now? Yes, you are. Okay. It it just turned towards you as its move action. Uh, one, mm. two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, that seems weird, but okay. Um, it doesn't say a range on these that I can recall. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think there's a range. Let me double check this. Hold on. Sorry. Hundred and twenty feet of it. Empty wisdom. Are you within 120 feet? Uh, yes, most you are. likely. 60 feet away. Feet. I don't know yeah. why it would even notice me. I, I don't know anyway. either, but that's what the dice roll said. So I need to do a wisdom save. You're not Empty wisdom. Of dice. <laughs> I, I trust the All dice. All right, what am I doing? Making a wisdom save? Wisdom save. As the same eye stock that was just gazing at Triggs kind of <laughs> flicks in your direction. Only a 13. Uh, that fails. So you yeah. fall unconscious. I think most proficient in that, but they're not. Isn't that yeah. wild? I know. That's nuts. Yeah. All right. You it's stupid. Become... <laughs> it's like this one of your core mechanics. <laughs> you you get proficiency at strength instead. Like, what? What? <laughs> I'm not a strength fighter. <laughs> Why am I? Yep. But yeah. anywho, you are now unconscious. Okay. I mean, as far as things go, that's still pretty good. I, I I need you to give me a scene. I need you to give me a scene as to like why that happened because so it doesn't make any sense. You are right? reaching over, blocking yeah. Isold's view and kind of warn against mm. this Reaper, and it's looking at you like <sighs> the red gem in the Reaper's forehead, in the skullish forehead, uh, flaring mm -hmm. slightly. the The sure. Beholder's eye flicks from Triggs over to the reaper for a second checking in and you see this kind of blood tinged um oh it's almost like a bracelet but it's wrapped around the eye stock on that sleep ray eye stock and it's blood tinged quartz kind of flashes in the same energy and tempo as the blood red crystal that is embedded jaggedly in the reaper's forehead 
and the eye stalk flicks towards that which is a problem for the Reaper. And that's when the Wisdom, sleep spell goes off. Like, during this, is looking directly at the Reaper, not trying to avert their gaze at all. They're saying, like, you are that which has followed us. You are that which I have touched. We are bound. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, it kind of gives this slight little nod towards you, empty, and then boom, the world goes black. Cool. All right. That is uh, the first ray. Second ray. Um, so that's, that's, I'm, I'm asleep. Is that what that was? That's it. You're asleep. Next. Okay. Um, the, the facade of, of wisdom drops as I as empty falls unconscious. Nice. Oh. Gex, where did you run to? As the eye stalk, even as this thing pivots around, that one of the stalks on the top of its head begins to track your motion. You did not technically hide as a bonus action, did you? Um, I would have tried to. Okay, go ahead and roll a stealth check. I'll, I'll, I'll let that, I'll let that be. Go ahead and roll a stealth check. You did just stab this thing for a lot of damage. I don't know. I don't know if you can see that, but it's a nat twenty. Ooh! All right. Which is did, a you have to did you not have to dash to get it back out? Oh yeah, um, that's true. So you would have. Well, so you either would have either, had to stay close or dash. Yeah. And there's nowhere to well, hide. Well, his purpose in, in moving middle. away was to not be a target. So. Unfortunately, against well, there's nowhere to hide there. So either way, unfortunately, yeah. I'll put you back here and say that unfortunately, yeah. because you were running around, uh, you couldn't hide. But also, there's nowhere to hide right out in the open. You still need some yeah. something well, to hide behind. That's kind of what I was thinking. But then you said, "Did you hide?" And I was like, "Well, if you're going to yeah. let me hide, I'm going to hide." But oh, no, he was just trying to create distance. Yeah. And unfortunately, this thing. Uh, most beings only contract one thing, but this has so many eyeballs. It just <laughs> locks on you. I need you to do a strength saving throw. <laughs> sure, sure. Don't let me do a deck saving throw. That's not up to me, man. It's up to the dice. Uh, As the creatures just like... <sighs> uh, 17? You succeed, sir. So you start to feel pulled off your feet and you just reach out. You grab a branch that's nearby and keep yourself on the ground. Um, you manage to save uh, and not get restrained by the creature. Nice job. All right. Well, next. also for the, for the purposes of how big he is, he's got powerful build. So he's actually one size larger than the size he is. That's fair. So, nice. you, well, you can maybe that's it. it. You're just like hunker down and it's like heavier than the beholder expected. Nice. All right, coming up next. Um you are not there, so I'm gonna re-roll. Actually, interestingly, um the Reaper looks at is old like and then it as the sleep spell goes off or sleep effect goes off and empty crumples to the ground the astral 
uh, Suran disappearing, the Reaper looks suddenly towards the Beholder, and there's this little twinkle of red in its eyes, and it looks... It nods and fades from view. So I'm actually going to use the Beholder's... part of the Beholder's turn to send a command. Uh, and so the Reaper disappears from view. Now, Isold, you get the sense that it's disappeared and it's moving away quickly. Um, Do I get a attack of opportunity? You can try. Go for it. Because you have your branding mark on it. You know where it I is. Do. Exactly. I know where it is at all times. It's only in your range for a second as it begins to not only move away, but shift away to a different plane. So you only have a very I'm... brief op opportunity to get it. Go ahead and make your roll, though. Okay. Uh, Thirteen. As the as your quick like backhand catches nothing but mist, and then it is gone. All right. Well, shit. Well, shit. Coming up next, Naga. All right. The Reaper is doing something somewhere. You don't see it. The Naga turns towards. Uh, Talithar, and it's going to, the Naga begins to cast a spell. I need you to do a wisdom saving throw, Talithar. Okay. And I guess does does my aura not? Uh, it would help you. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, eleven. Eleven. Unfortunately, as you raise your blade for another strike, your muscles go tight and you cannot move. You are held. Ooh. All right. That is the Naga's turn. It hisses. And then it kind of turns its attention to the other um, two here. And it mutters something. Slave, deal with them. And Torig, who's been crumpled on the ground, kind of rouses and pulls up their head. And you see their cloak fall back. The dwarven figure, uh, the forehead a jagged red crystal embedded in Torig's forehead. He turns towards uh, the Naga with a nod and raises a hand. You see all these magic missiles go leaving Torig's hand and striking these two um, guards right here. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna. It never works for me, but I'm gonna try this anyway. Um, Oh, it rolled right away. What the heck? That never happens. All right, uh, plus five. So 12, and we'll split that amongst them. So six and six as the magic missiles hit these two of the Mage Tower people uh, who were harrying the Naga. Um, and that is Torig's turn. And he kind of... Uh, he kind of he's grunting and growling, but uh, he is apparently working on their side. Coming up next is the Oni. 
Oh, there's a lot of baddies here. Sorry. Uh, the Oni is going to turn and... Yeah, let's just do this. Um, the Oni turns, dr uh, picks itself up off the ground and turns towards uh, this cleric who's kind of gritting his teeth and holding his his symbol, which is a kind of a silver book on a chain. And the Oni's like, <sighs> extends a hand and that guy um, takes half damage on a ray uh, uh, as ice begins to just form around this uh, being, oh, still oh takes my goodness. a massive, oh. uh, only half of this though, so it still takes 13 damage. Uh, hurt, but still up. Um, definitely looking frostbitten and frozen uh, as a cone of cold blasts out from the, uh, from the Oni, enveloping. Oh, wait a second. Gex, I need you to do a, I believe it's a dexterity saving throw. Let me double check that. Because you would be in that cone as well. So. It's just a point of order, Todd. Yeah. Due to cast hold spell on me, it won't work on me. Oh, why is that? I'm in an anti-magic cone. Oh, look at just that. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. You feel muscles tighten up and the beholder is looking that way. And then the, the naga's like, Rah! And then hisses towards the beholder, and the beholder's like, "Sorry." <laughs> nice call. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> yep. And in fact, I'm gonna say, Gex will save you the trouble of rolling your deck save. Um, as the cone of cold envelops, it does envelop, <laughs> but uh, the cold, the cold, just. The ice, it's this massive cone of cold, extends outward and then immediately melts into nothing. You just get a spray in your face of some water, and that's it. So you don't actually, you're across the cone from it. And the beholder is screwing itself. Yep, that's right. Okay. You can just picture that <laughs> however you wish. Okay. I do uh, not want to. And, Reaper, <laughs> and that is it. Now a bunch of skeletons run in and start attacking. Uh, these three mob this poor guy. Um, hold on, let me just mob these these three uh, skeletons decide to attack this poor sucker in the corner. He never even got a name. He was already a little hurt, and blah, the skeletons just rip him apart and start chewing on the on the muscle and sinew. So that's that's what remains of that guy. And finally, this crossbow person decides to shoot a skeleton and. Yeah, we'll call that a hit and uh, blast the skeleton <laughs> out of existence. Any other? Yeah. Yeah, some of the crossbow people are actually doing stuff. Uh, not the one that was near Hilda, though. Oh, that's the last one. Everyone else is dead. Yay. Okay. Oh, and finally, the one that's right up in the face of the Naga, sandwiched between the Oni and the Naga, is going to roll a wisdom save, fail that terribly, and flee. Oh, no, nope, that's not him. That's, that's the nug. Um, and flee, taking uh, several opportunity attacks from skeletons, the Ooh. naga, and the oni, as they all swing at him and just decimate him. Uh, just <laughs> open him up. All right. <laughs> the board is a little clearer. Amazing. Next, finally, it is Elias's turn. 
Elias. You are about 500 feet away with your Gram Gram. She is next to you. She's just teleported you away. You can still see. You're up, elevated up on the mountain, kind of pass nearby. You can still see the flicker and flash of the fire elementals that are busy working down there. Uh, speaking of which, I didn't do that. Uh, the fire elemental smashes the beholder. That's the one that Steve summoned. Whoa, for 10 points of fire damage. That ain't nothing. Okay, so, Elias, what are you going to do? So, I had flipped the coin, and the gods had decided that I was supposed to walk away. Um, and then I kind of look back, or look over at where I just was, 500 meters away, and I can't help but shake this feeling. And I just kind of just let the coin fall to the floor and I look at grandma and just like, we have to go back. I know, I know it's what the gods have said and, and, and everything. And as a divination wizard, you know, you're supposed to fade as everything, but we have to go back. <laughs> Call me your, my father's son, which I would hate, but we have to do this. Oh, and your grandma begins to raise her one hand bring it up and then just against your cheek she gives a little a little too hard pat but a pat instead of a smack and she lowers her head kind of looks up at you and says yeah well fuck the gods All right, boy. And all of a sudden, she has been delaying her action, and the world shifts around you. And just this... You're immediately in the doorframe of a kind of white framed door, and she gives you a shove. And Before sends, she does, I like, yeah. I like kiss her on her forehead and just say, I love you, and then... Oh, yeah. All right. She she kind of gets quiet, which is as close to a compliment as this tough old bird will do. And she steps through with you hand in hand. And I would like you to pick a spot somewhere on the battle map where you would like to appear. Hmm. Uh, I could see the beholder from where I was before, right? Generally? You would be able to see enough of where it is. It it, it has two fire elementals hanging out right yeah. next to it. Uh, I'm gonna... Probably close to where Hilda is, because I don't want to get caught by that anti-magic thing. Sure. Ooh, I was wondering if you were going to say that. Yeah. No, you wouldn't know that, but you're, you'll go over towards the north where you can kind of just make out the elemental, and I'm going to just kind of randomly... There. Okay, there. So you have appeared um, kind of about 20 feet away from the elemental, and uh, just on the edge of the thicket there, you you kind of get your bearings, and Balin... Uh, Balin? Balin. Which is it? I'm sorry. Balin. Balin 
is right in front of you, 10 feet away. Um, you, you catch that Hilda is kind of just dropping a heavy crossbow just behind you as you kind of step through, um, and you can take it all in. Uh, you do still have your action and uh, your, uh, I'd say, 25 feet of your movement still and your bonus action. What do you mm-hmm. want to do, Elias? He's going to stumble as he lands, or even even though he's walking through a door, it's still going to be jarring to him. He's going to take a look at what's going on, and he's going to ready an action. Uh... Yeah, he's gonna. That thing's staring. He's gonna actually he's just gonna cast Firewall. Nice. I believe you have access to drawing, so go ahead and draw the panels of fire that you're gonna put up around whatever it is you want to. Okay, just double checking the 60 feet long or 20 feet in diameter. Okay. Uh. So I think I'm going to do the 60 feet long. Yeah, like that. All right. That, so, that wouldn't hit Talithar, right? Because he's You can uh, go ahead and do an arcade check. Oh, yeah, it's check. on the other side. It's yeah. on the other side, right? But I, I actually, I'm going to uh, say Talithar. Go ahead and do a, I believe it's a, dexta- a dexterity saving throw. You can choose to fail if you'd like. Well, I, I don't know what's kind of coming at me. I'm in the middle of it, so I guess his in, instinctual reaction is to do a deck save. Sure. So go ahead and do a deck save, please. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and use... I have Portent, so okay. I'm going to use... I'm putting him in danger, so I'm going to like actively just try to... I have a 17. Nice. Oh, well, I rolled a nat 1, so I'll take it. Wow! Alright, the nat 1 becomes a 17 as the divination wizard just shunts you out of the way, Talithar, as you just feel yourself just suddenly shifted back. Um, actually... Okay, so this happens. Um, it's a bit of a mess, so let's kind of resolve this real quick. The flame wall kind of flickers out. Uh, you pull it off of one of the elementals. It begins to... Oh, sorry. That's not it. Um, begins to flicker into existence through here. However, as it gets to the beholder, the flame wall... Did it not... Hold on. Frickin' flame walls. Uh, Frickin' flame walls. Uh, flickers out of existence just in front of the beholder. So it does go in front of uh, Triggs, and it does continue past, cutting across the Naga. Um, but here's the other thing. A divination wizard. I'm going to say that portent is a magical effect because of the nature of your magic. It's arcane. So unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, something happens. You do not get to... You, your portent spell or your portent dice is spent, but Talithar does not move. However, Talithar does not have to move because the firewall just in front of him 
never comes into existence anyway because of the anti-magic shell. So it's a bunch of weird effects go on right there. But your nat one uh, stands. However, uh, it does not damage you. If the walls were cutting through the beholder, would it be in front of the eye? The beholder would technically get a deck save to try and get out of the way. But because... Right, that's true. Yeah. Because it's got the anti-magic, it doesn't even need to. The spell just doesn't go in front of it. Well, I'm not saying it should. It should go under its belly. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, yeah. It just doesn't kind of peters out where its large central eye is looking. But it is on either side and will continue to be. Okay. Couple things happen right now, though. That Nago fails the deck save. So go ahead and roll your damage on that firewall for me. Oh, wall of fire. 35. Holy <laughs> crap. Wow. That's that's good. <laughs> yes. Destroy it. Oh. <laughs> it's a snake horse. Thank you, Phil. Um, so it is not happy as it takes a massive burn. Oh, actually, it does only take half, though, because it's a weird one. Um, it only takes half of that, so I'm going to take some of that back. There, close enough. Okay, um, so the and the two skeletons right here automatically just burn into ash. Uh, and that is... That is that term. Thank you very much, Elias. Coming up next, Balin. On deck, empty wisdom. Hey. Uh, sorry, my uh, my uh, roll twenty is a bit of a black screen right now. I think. Oh no. So I'm not totally sure where I am. <laughs> okay, so you're at the north you end. You may have of to zoom out. Yeah. You're at the okay, north end of this kinda... battle. And I'll just turn off dynamic lighting so you can all see everything. There you go. Okay, there we go. And you are over here. So you were close to where uh, Hudrick died. You're kind of next to Elias by about 10 feet and his grandmother. Um, the, the whole fight is illuminated by these flames. Um, you can see the mess of monsters uh, and the Oni kind of looking down uh, annoyed towards this this cleric in the middle of it. Okay. Um, I, I think maybe I want to cast haste on one of the party members here. Um, probably either uh, Gex or Isold because I think they do, or, or maybe even... Uh, Hilda is the uh, closest to you who's well, a fighter type. Hilda? Yeah. Okay. I, I just want to give it to whoever I think will do the most damage who's having a turn soon. Well, I know my crossbow performance wasn't that great, but... <laughs> give it to Hilda. She has damagey skills. Actually, I was going to say, what about um, Palathar? You can't, because I'm in the cone. Oh, shit. Right, that's right. Yeah. By the um, way, I think the Naga has to roll a con save on the haste, on the hold spell. Unless it's completely gone. I don't know how it works. Uh, that's a good question. 
Yeah, that's yeah. true. I'll do a concentration save. Uh, I got an 11, Wait. so still up. Oh, well, that was a fair bit of damage. Oh, but it's half. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's still up. So I should be still flying, so I'd like to just try to use as much of my move as possible to get away from the combat okay. while still being able to throw a haste onto Hilda there. You could fly right over top of Hilda. Yeah, I think my haste is a 30-foot range to cast. Oh, yeah. You don't even need to get that close. You probably wouldn't need to move at all. But anyway. I'd like to just try to get a little bit further away from the battle, I think. Uh, sure. Let's move you kind of yeah. up towards the ridge there. While I have armor and a lot of health, I'm about at half health right now, so. That's fair. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll cast a haste onto Hilda. All right. Hilda, you are hasted. So I can move faster? You can move faster. You can get one extra action around, either a bonus or a regular attack. Uh, and your AC goes up by two, if I remember correctly. Yep. Okay, cool. All right, coming up next, Thanks. Empty Wisdom. Do a Wisdom saving throw for me. Uh, yeah, Wisdom saving throw for me, please. At the end of your okay, turn. Cool. Okay. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about my turn before that. In that case, um, so the visage of wisdom had f- falters as empty falls unconscious. Um, I think we see sort of this spirit within empty. Um, we see sort of like through their eyes this feeling of being trapped within an unconscious body that cannot respond and they cannot reach out with. Um, but they had touched this this figment of death um, before the and uh, try to connect to that um, that sort of astral thread. Uh, despite their unconscious body, this the, the astral form is trying to reach out despite that limitation through this connection they previously formed by literally touching death um, and reach out to this thing that they don't think is inherently against them or maybe it is corrupted in some way uh, and they need to connect with um, I don't know if that if you can, you feel free to just say that fully fails. Um, but they, and, and I'm not sure exactly even what the intent is. They're just simply trying to create that connection. And then before they were struck down, um, they were trying to reach through to the intelligence behind the, the Reaper's mask. So um, empty. Maybe it's something that monk, penetrated through. Are temporarily you able or, to, um, cast any spell effects using key points no okay um you desperately wanted to reach out to this creature and make that Mm. connection point and then suddenly the world just fades to black and you feel utterly alone it's Mm -hmm trapped within this body that cannot move it's cannot not even that you don't even know you're in your body your anymore body of okay sure because i'm distinguishing mm. like and begging you wake empty up. to wake up well yeah. you are okay no please go em- empty 
alone mm. for the very okay. first time in memory. Now, Empty mm. has always, or at least recently, had this connection with wisdom. It has Something been a while. Yeah. It has been a long time since Empty has been truly and utterly by themselves. Yeah. And when you closed your eyes, that part of you that was aware of the battle, which is a very small, fleeting part, mm -hmm. suddenly ends up on this featureless plateau, almost like water, but you're standing on it. Okay. And you look around, and there's this horizon way out on the edge of stars wrapping over your head and back around to this matte black surface that you find yourself on in this dreamscape you take a step and there's this strange sensation of rippling and then it fades about a foot from your uh, where your foot is pressing into the, the strange surface. And you look around. And you can sense something. You look down at your hand, an ache in your knuckles. Maybe you train too hard. The masters in your... Uh, in your monastery they pushed you does empty feel that they were successful in their early training yes but not in the way that you might expect like empty body is, is quite frail when we think of a monk we think of these like very you know toned rigorous training um, of, of, of getting through and their training is that was probably tried to be trained into them, right? To be stronger to be faster, to be um, whole in body and mind and their body has always fallen short it was their mind that they had to rely on to make up for those shortcomings um, and get up and do it again you turn around your old trainer what was their name and if there were many just pick one trellis you see trellis before you slightly older their robes immaculate um stern Somewhere, uh, you've seen them be caring before, mm -hmm. but in this moment, they seem to be holding you accountable. I get can't. up and do it again. I I just I can't. It's not. I, she holds back tears and tries to stand. You stand up and look where Trellis was and just 
nothing, just that plane before you. You turn around the other way. I can't do it on my own. I could never do anything on my own. And you hear a voice from far east somewhere, and you turn, and the starlight hasn't changed, but you get an, you know somehow that is the east. And you turn that way, and you hear a voice. And yet, you are alone here. I need you to do an intelligence check. Oh, intelligence, okay. With advantage. That's a flat roll. I got a 10. That's a 9. You've heard that voice. You're not... You can't place where. Again, get up. Empty. You must do this. You hear the voices of your trainers. That's a weak. Yeah, why are they even here? You hear these... The students you went with... Uh... It echoes in the in, and you're spinning around that's just this empty watery type surface out to the horizon but you hear these voices that have haunted you this whole time surrounded you but there's that one voice you, it wasn't someone you trained with you, it's never been that far away but you have heard it before and you cannot place it now I need to do a wisdom saving throw. Okay. And we will be coming up on a break in just a moment. That's 20. <gasps> you come to in the middle of the regular battlefield. What? Izzled is standing a few feet away. The body of one of these eviscerated corpses just a few feet from you, ten feet off. You see the flickering flames of the elementals and the chaos of battle and the the laughter of the Oni. Uh, what yet, happened? You still feel alone. Even. And with that, we're going to take a break. Cool. All right, everybody. We'll be back in 10 minutes, let's say. And Sounds we will, good. We will see what happens next with this battle. Thanks, everybody. Uh, by the way, Internet, if this is your first time here, don't forget to hit the like or the subscribe, the follow, the whatever the button is the, down at the... I think it's it's like right there. Go ahead. And just, anyway, uh, we'll catch up with you in 10 minutes. Cheers. All right, and we're back. Let's get right back into it. <clears throat> I believe that was the bottom of their order, um, except we're going to deal with one little issue. Gordon, are you there, Gordon? It's me. Here. The DM. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> All right. 
Gordon, as Rook, I need you to do a dexterity saving throw, please. Dexterity saving throw? Yep. Okay. Um, good thing he has proficiency in dex. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Amazing. Nice. All right. Amazing. So. Now here's the thing. I am going to be slightly modifying things just to make it work because I know it can be kind of tricky this way. So here's what happens. Rook in a last-second decision flings themselves, changes course in that um, in that hallway to just haul towards where the where this uh wizard type dwarf and the the um uh and the beholder were as they begin to flash in that surrounded light of of the teleport spell the circle the uh beginning to glow and then flare and his rook goes sprinting towards it dives at the last second uh, and tries their best to make it into this portal. And you get there just as the flash fades. Thump! You hit the ground. The chalky outline from the um, from the spell components kind of kicking up around you. And you're like, no, I can't. N what? How did that? No! You saw your friends on the far side of that wormhole. You weren't sure if you could make it, and you dove and just ah, the almost impossible task of flinging yourself towards an ongoing teleport spell, and you sit there for a moment or two in the dirt, in the spent spell components. And then a voice comes towards you. Your old friend, Cat. Wait, 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 wait. Something's, something's not right. Something's, wait. Don't move. Stay here. Rook, stay right where you are. What do you want to do, Rook? I'm going to stay right where I'm at and listen to Cat. You can kind of almost see her ghostly form look, imp, uh, imploring you to stay put just a little while longer. Okay, we'll cut back to that in a moment. Meanwhile, back on the battlefield, you um, are all beaten, bloodied, sleepy, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, standard battle stuff. Um... You find yourselves in the heat of battle. We are at the top of the order. Isolde, what do you want to do? Okay, so I am going to, because I know, because um, as soon as it leaves this plane, you said it left the plane. It did. As soon as it does, the castigation, uh, it cannot track it there. Right. So uh, I know it's gone. I'm going to open my eyes. Um, turn and see empty down slumped on the ground and be like girl get up the 
this is no time to sleep. Shit. And then swing back around uh, to see what's going on below and uh, call out to Gex. Gex! Is this the ride or die time? With a big smile on her face and she will then uh, aim her bow at the beholder. Now, from where you are, it's a little hard for you to see the beholder. This massive oni has hit the ground just between you and it. Um, So you're going to want to shift a little. Out of curiosity, though, when you turn an addressed empty, did you just yell at empty? Did you smack her or them? What do you... My original plan um, was to kick her. Okay. Not like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. Alright. Um It doesn't sound right. I don't mean like <laughs> like a huff. I mean like, you know, just with my toe, just get up. Come on, move. Alright. What is your strength? Oh no. Not very much. Um Okay. Uh, zero. Uh, uh well it's a ten. So plus zero. I'll give you fifty fifty odds. Can you roll a D twenty for me? Sure. Sorry, Empty. Really sorry. Let's see how much energy this... I'm going to say that does... That rounds up. Basically, it would have been a D4... uh, Like a 1 damage plus strength if she had kicked you. Uh, But because there was no plus to the strength, it could have gone either way. So I'm going to say you take 1 point of physical damage, Empty, and you wake up. Oh... Yeah, I already woke up. Oh, I? right. All right. So it's just for flavor. Yeah, right? she did. You, you don't take physical yeah. damage. You just kick them. And uh, okay. maybe it was simultaneous. I don't know. Maybe that's what brought you back. Yeah. But you are awake. Oh, you don't I, actually take what, one damage. I take that all What's back. happening? I... <sighs> it's okay. Come on. And... Uh, Should we be yeah, here? Yeah, she'll shift to get a better view of the beholder that should be better right where i'm uh yeah yeah so you sidestep this massive ogre kind of within sight line it's still about you know 30 feet away or so and i'm looking to shoot all right make your roll uh first is a 17 uh that the arrow goes flying over and the creature kind of opens its jaw and it just glances off one of its teeth. That is a miss. Okay. Well, a barely shit. a miss, but a miss. She's a little embarrassed because she, you know, just called Gax to, to watch and he probably saw that and she's like, fuck. How am I going to impress... Ah, uh, and that'll do it. With a twenty-eight, how do you impress someone? You roll a goddamn nineteen. That's how you do it. That's right. All right. So, um, I put my brand of castigation on him. Roger that. Cause I can do that, and. Uh, it's only, uh, uh, 
six. Uh, sorry, I don't know why it rolled the d6 twice. Oh, okay. just did. So six points yeah, of damage. I, I don't understand that. That's all right. So you take you, you take a second shot. This one does strike two and just kind of next to that central eye, the arrow digging in and get grazing. You see drops of greenish blood just kind of dripping out from various wounds, especially the sword wounds from Talithar. This thing is looking like pretty haggard. Okay. That is your turn. Up next, we have <clears throat> it would be Talithar's on deck, then Gex. However, legendary action. So, in this moment, the Beholder is bloodied and bleeding and hissing and howling in rage. Yes, vermin. Kill the vermin. All of you. I see you. I will hunt you. So, it's big talk, though, as it wiggles one of its eye stalks and this this kind of little satchel opens off the back of the oni and up flies this kind of roll of paper into the, into the line of sight, just off to one side of where the beholder is, kind of up over the flame wall, uh, and the beholder floats a little bit up, and... Uh, just a little bit, not not too far, just like five feet high, uh, not leaving Talithar's range. And it begins to uh, mutter and talk as two of its eye socks look towards this hovering piece of paper. It appears to be some kind of spell. Is it yeah, I'm getting from the Oni's back? It took something out of the Oni's pack. Like it had a little, a little satchel, side bag. The, o- the oni that's in the anti-magic coal. Um, it's just on the edge of it. It's actually not, uh, not now. Oh, as okay. the beholder pivots slightly. Sorry, you're quite right. Just check it. I yeah, no. I, I gotta keep this. Gotta keep it right. Uh, but basically, the beholder slightly pivots, allowing it to do this. Uh, and uh, the, this piece of paper kind of flits up near where it is, and it begins to... Uh, it's a little piece of paper hovering off to one side. It's slightly above the magic wall there of fire, but uh, just within eyeline of it, hovering telekinetically manipulated by the beholder. And it appears to be using this piece of paper, some kind of spell effect. Can I counterspell it before? Uh, you can certainly try. Okay. What what level are you going to cast counterspell? I only have level four. I'm going to oh. need you to roll Arcana. Let's see how this goes. Out of curiosity, do you have any portents left? No, I used my last one. A 17 might have come in handy. Darn. A 12 
unfortunately, does not do it. As a beholder, you puny nothings, you will fall. We will unite and devour and break your pathetic world. And with that, the spell scroll crumbles into dust with a flash, a familiar semicircle, or actually circle, up in the air around where it is, circles around the beholder, and it just disappears and is no longer there. It teleports out. Good try. I knew you were going to counter I was like, what's going to happen? All right. <laughs> uh, that was the Beholder's um, legendary action. Coming up next, Talithar. Is there still an anti-magic cone or it's gone? Is? There is not. So I need you to do a dexterity saving throw again. As the flames uh, of that wall come rushing in. I'll add a little bit of flavor while I'm doing that. I'm empty, very confused, was, you know, talking out to uh, Isolde, just like, what? what's going on? What are you, what are you looking at? Uh, Sees her fire this arrow, hits this creature, and then they just kind of vanish, and she's like, still a little hazy, doesn't know exactly what's going on, but to her, that's what happened. And she's like, did you just, what, what did you do? <laughs> It's amazing. She just turns and gives you a like sideways smile, like, yeah, baby. <laughs> and the only time this love is like super cool to someone. <laughs> How'd you do on your deck save like, there, Garden? Uh, just a seven. So All right. Uh, Unfortunately, you are caught in this rushing rush of flame, and you are going to take damage on this. Um, you're going to take 27 points of fire damage as the flame uh, wall just hisses in and catches you. Just a quick question, because on the, the spell description, it says only one side of the wall. Yeah, but it's technically in the square, so normally it would shove them okay. to one side or the other. So uh, okay. not knowing where it was from, this is the delayed deck save because the okay. uh, the anti-magic shell st or uh, cone stopped it. So last time his nat 1 didn't count, but this time his nat 2 did count. So he took 27 okay. points of fire damage. Sorry, Talithar, as you're just singed. Okay, uh, somebody actually, Hilda, do me a favor. Roll a deck save for Trig. Okay. Trig! Damn, 22. Triggs Why can't leaps, I roll this well for Hilda? Leaps back <laughs> in a roll and it's just like, hey! As, anyway, so there we go. I think they were already clear, but don't worry about it. Okay, coming up next, we have... Uh, now it's Talithar's turn. You are burned, sir. Uh, and you're in the middle of this wall of flame. You can press through to get at that Naga, or you can step back. Well, I mean, I can just step back and then down to the Naga, right? Yep, you can do that. And as you step back, the heat just fades, and you're like, oh, okay. Okay. So Are you... I'm going to basically... 
I'm going to position where I, I'm in range of both the Naga and the Oni. Uh, what's the range on your... you? Yeah, that would do. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, they're both I pretty large like... creatures. Yeah, okay. Let me, let me know. Um, if I have to choose one, I would choose the Naga. Okay, no, you can go right in between the two of them as you sidestep over to it. Okay. Um... I'm going to uh, I'm going to cast Thunderous Smite as my bonus action. Sure. On my blade, and I'm just going to look really annoyed at the Naga. It's like and I'm just going up to him like you're next, and I just <laughs> go at him. Yeah, make your roll. Wreck the Naga. Wreck the Naga. <laughs> Uh, a, 24 a 24 Dan. hits the Naga. And I will Dan. also expend a second level smite. Do it up. Whoop. And roll all them dices. That's a lot of dice. Eight plus seven. Does um plus. does the smite get its bonus for targeting an infernal creature or no? Is that a thing? That's a thing, right? Uh, I think it's yeah, undead. It fiends in undead. It is fiendish. Yeah. Oh, this fiendish? It would be considered nightmare. fiendish because it's yeah. a combination of a nightmare okay. and a naga. Just imagine okay, so what would happen if a nightmare you're gonna and take a that fire snake resistance. loved each other very much. Okay. Take, uh, take thirty-two points of damage on the first hit and roll a strength saving throw. I will do that. That's a two. All right. Uh-oh. Um, he is knocked uh, 10 feet. I'm moving him into the flame. Sure. 10 feet diagonally still so within range of me. If you knock them basically where the beholder just left is probably your best bet. Well, I, I still want him in range of me, though, so I'm just kind of knocking him. Yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Where right. you first put it was way more than 10 way feet. Was, oh, that was 20 feet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and now he's prone, so I'm going to attack him again with advantage. Here's the thing. I believe, I, I might need to look this up, but I believe it is immune to prone because it is a flying creature. That's only check. if they have, like, um, hover is well how it's worded. Let me but see. Yeah, let you me can see. also just decide that you're the GM. I am. You can the just GM, be like, no, this thing is sure-footed with its hooves. If it's wings, then it's it would down. actually fall down. But yeah, you're right. If it's hover, then it would be. Let me let over. me look it up. Let me let me look this up real fast. Where the <laughs> heck did it go? I wrote it down. Two thirty-four. Two thirty-four. Two thirty-four. Sorry, folks. Yeah. Uh oh wait. He does like an extra hit, no? Uh okay, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, the rules for getting like knocked out of the sky don't get used that much, but yeah, that's largely. It the is best not floor. immune to prone. So okay. y'all just bamfed it to, like Let's say it's a downward swing. Ran up like you're next. I did it just like basically <laughs> added it up. And now I'm going to use my second attack at advantage. Yep. It is on the ground. Oh, dang. You just knocked over that horse. 
That's uh, eight. 23, and I'll use... I'm running low in spell slots, but a first level slot. And so it's a fiend, huh? So 2, 3, D8. Plus oh 48, uh, 1d8 for my sword, plus 7. Oh my. So it's Monsters. taken 32 and now 28. <laughs> points Please go face. ahead and do me a favor as you describe the death of this hideous <laughs> snake nightmare horse combination. He just kind of ran out like he was like frustrated because he could just tell the beholder was just within his grasp, like, Ugh! And he just directed his rage at the the remaining Naga. He just rushed up at first, batted him up, and then as it fell, moved over and just t- took its sword and just like slammed it right through its head and just twisted. Nice. And then when he's finished, he's just looking over at the Naga. At the um, Oni. At the Oni. You're just like... <laughs> sword just decapitated this thing and the snake's head is twitching on the ground separate from the body and you turn and you look at this oni and the oni looks right back at you with this tusked maw and it's just like (sighs) I didn't like him anyway I owe you (laughs) that is one dead naga Nicely done. Okay, it is next Gex's turn, followed by Hilda. Unmute. Um, so, so what's left to murder? Uh, <laughs> what's left to murder? I guess the closest thing is this Oni. So he'll go and. Uh, combination like stab well the point is to use inflict wind so whether I can do it through the knife or just cast it on its own hey stabinate sure so stab your rope um dirty 20 nice all right, that's gonna definitely hit the hit the uh, oni. Um, and somebody's close by, right? Uh, Talithar is uh, yeah, within range. I'm right next to it, so. Yep. Oh, that's not Gex. So well, you leap uh, before, up. I, before I say that's what he's doing, like I, I can't, I can't cast a spell and attack him, right? He's because that would be kind of double dipping. So I'm not, yeah, not uh, technically. Take the yeah, well, he's gonna double, he's gonna do both. Um, so and then uh, let's just do sneak attack damage of twenty-one. So a total of twenty-nine plus the spell, which is touch. So twenty-two on touching. And another twenty points of damage from nice spell. All right, for a total of whatever just that was. Get up behind 41. this thing. It looks like you're gonna stab it, but then at the last second you get the two finger poke, and the necrotic spell just goes through, and uh, you feel this 
the contact and it just rots through parts of the muscle that this massive creature it's this big ogre like creature um and it gives out this and it turns around uh is that your turn um i suppose i have a uh, bonus action too don't i uh is casting the spell part of a bonus action, or is that that's part of the action? So yeah. Well, that's that's reaction. Thrilling. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Steve, you summoned one of these two fire things that have just kind of stood there and not done it. Do you have to command that, or it did is take it just something that at one be... point and oh, did? missed? Okay. Yeah. Oh no, it did it ten did, points no, of fire. It actually hit. Yeah, it did damage. Okay, the holder did ten damage. It did. So, so it, it should have an initiative pass as often as the rest. I'm going to say it. Uh, it goes right. when you go. What do you want it to do? It's currently its target is gone. It's just standing there like. Well, it's made of fire. Play with so me. I think logic dictates oh. that it tries to burn the tree. <laughs> Great, love that. That's on our side. <laughs> Oh, right. was it on our side? It was. So oh, never mind. It. I think we forgot <laughs> about that, though, because it hasn't been doing anything either, right? Uh, or when the, it? I just when the Beholder came, I might have been. It, uh, it had its anti-magic shell aimed at it. But oh, now... Okay. Yeah, no, but it would have been back. It, like, it, it'll attack uh, whatever, whatever enemies left now. So, Cause, sure. Cause um, it turns around. I need you to roll... Uh, roll the d20 for me, and it's high and low, so above 10 and below 10, and I'm gonna say below 10 isn't wonderful. Um, well, good, it was an 18. 18, okay, so it does attack the tree. By the way, cut back for just one second. Boom. Rook. You're waiting. Wait for it. Don't wait. Wait. Now! As Cat has been just staring at these runes on the ground suddenly they begin to flash again and she says go now what do you want to do rook he would listen to her and do what she, you know do what she, he trusts her so so i'm gonna say you have to burn your bonus action for this as well as you leap into this uh circle of runes just as they begin to flare again and you jump into the teleport spell as it connects. And as you go past, you can see in this vortex-like tunnel that seems only like, like not even like as, as if walking through a door, but it also another way it feels like it's a good 20 feet long. You kind of see at a distance and then time gets weird for a second. And you see this strange bulbous eye stalked creature making its way towards where you were. And you can see on the other end, you see the flame wall, you see your friends, uh, you see Gex rushing towards this Oni, you see, I know time gets funny, um, uh, you see this paladin looking dude running up to where this beholder was and just miss it with a swing. Um, I know that didn't happen, but that's kind of what happens in, in, the, in the visual. As he rushes up, he's like, what? And then he changes targets. Um, so Rook, you have a choice to make. Do you want to stay where you were, or do you want to go towards your friends? If you stay, that beholder is coming back there. 
Does Rook have any weapons, like any type of to fight with? Unfortunately, no. So, I mean, the Rook, while he wants to go for the boulder, he, you know, he he wouldn't know how damaged the beholder is. He just sees uh, the beholder coming. You would see that it's looking pretty rough. It is one of its eye stalks is just dangling on the like by the skin basically it's been it, pretty wrecked. it really comes down to this if it's if it's like if if he didn't see that he, he would be tempted to go like he would just go to the friends and, and make his escape if he thinks he has if he's perceiving the beholder and thinks this guy's really rough i could probably finish him if I had a dagger or something. The thing is, you are unarmed. You just escaped yeah. prison. You're unarmed and unarmored. You're trusting your ghostly friend. Is that like, should I'll I trust leave? the ghostly friend? Yeah, it's I trust the ghostly friend. Okay. Yeah, like just in a split moment, he can't like make that kind of decision. He just has to go with this gut and trust his friend and he's unarmed, so. All right. In the midst of all the battle and the chaos, the rest of you, this elemental takes a swing, not sure what to swing at, and this dark shadow goes just past it, illuminated by it, and then it slams into the tree and does damage to this poor tree. Um, But Rook comes tumbling out from where it was and kind of in amongst, I need to do a dexterity saving throw Rook. Twelve. That's a fail. Um, can I get? Uh, I believe it's fire damage. What's the fire damage on Wall of Fire? Uh, five d eight. Okay, roll it. Five d eight, please. Can he uncanny dodge that? You can. You can take. Go uh, uncanny dodge. I believe it's yeah. half. Yeah. Yeah, so he takes like 11. Nice. All right, you take 11 I think points that would of be fire. Like Asian dodge, that like a different effect or something, right? Oh, you can't uncanny dodge that? Uh, it's evasion, Whatever, technically. You are me. level 9, yeah. so you might have that. There's two separate abilities with different effects. One oh, yeah, I, I do actually have evasion. Oh, yeah. Level yeah, yeah. Evasion is if you succeed in the dexterity saving throw. You take no damage at all. If you fail it, you take half damage. Yeah, uh, so you right. failed. Okay, so you so do still take half take damage. Half. Okay, so take 11. Yeah, 11 Got points of fire damage as you come tumbling out and land in the square that's right next to that firewall. Wall of flame. Okay, cool. Now, now it is, uh, that was Gex, it is now Hilda's turn. Uh, oh, wait. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we, we haven't actually had Rook's turn officially yet, but anyway, it's fine. That'll be the last turn. Okay. Is it? Hilda, <laughs> take it away. All right. So, I have haste applied to me. Yep. Uh, let's see. Hmm. I'm going to try again with my crossbow, heavy crossbow, to see if I can hit the uh, 
too. What is this still there? <laughs> well, you see There's some so elementals. You see the Oni. You can actually, like, you have double speed. You could actually literally walk up to the Oni and hit it. Yeah, that's true. That's something you're proficient okay. with. Yeah, because you've been hasted. So, just go yeah. right ne up next to Gex. Yep. Start to, like, walk forward and just everything moves slow motion around you. And you go, oh, I can just get there. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll walk on up to there. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That I will is say amazing. this. In order to... In order to get there, you're going to have to go pretty much straight line, which means that elemental mm. that's been loosed in the middle does get a shot at you as you run by. Okay, let's see. Oh, cock dive to roll again. Natural 20. Oof. Just beat my AC. All right. Okay. That is going to be uh, 20 points of fire damage. That's that's okay. That's okay. All, right. All right, Hilda's just gonna shrug it off because um, the player controlling her is super drunk. Sorry, <laughs> it twitched. Somewhere your dad unstubs his toe and is like, "Ow! I don't know why, but I feel proud." <laughs> It's, it's the only way that the dwarf paladin would fight, right? Uh, so I am going to, now that I'm within range of the Oni, going to take a swing with my Fallon. Yep, go. do it. Woo! 19? That hits. Alright, okay. So just channel all of my splashing damage into it, which is not a lot, which is only eight. But let me see if I can put in some divine smite. Yeah. Woohoo. Okay. Let me just see exactly what that is. I have channel divinity. Is that it? No, it's or just no. any old uh, spell slot. Oh, okay. Is there any old spell slot? Let me see. Yeah. I used up the dimension door, so I guess I'm going to go with a third level slot. Nice. That's going to be some decent damage. Oof. The D8 okay. per spell slot plus. Uh, some extra right there. Buck one. It's like so. If you yeah. use a first level, it's two d eight. If you right. use a third level, it's forty eight. Forty eight on top of your regular damage. Go ahead and roll it. Uh -huh. Okay. So, so this dwarf walks through fire, super fast, right up next to Gex, and just. I forget. Do you fight with a battle axe or a hammer or what? It's a battle axe. Well, I fight with both. Okay. But this time I chose to like single-handedly like just like flash down with my nice. So that is a 30 points of damage onto the Ooh, That's a good amount of damage. <laughs> wow. Alright. What do divine smite look like? I don't know. I I mean, maybe we've seen it on the show before. I haven't known personally because I I'm imagining like a lot of glowing. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I'm, saying, like I'm, I'm still like very unaware of your like faith and how it affects your um mm -hmm. your your combat. It's a, it's an aspect of your character I've kind of missed. So I was curious if there's a something about how you actually channel divine might into your attack. I think with the axe, like it sort of like kind of absorbs like lightning sparks from the air into the axe, which then gives it a glowing look. And as it like strikes the creature, it expels that nice whole like that glow into the creature. Like very cool. <laughs> All right, uh, that is your turn. Thank you, Hill. Oh, you technically get another no, action. Just got two more mm. attacks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah two, two more attacks. Two more attacks. The attack action. Yeah. She only gets one attack. She gets two automatically. She gets I'm sorry. Keep yeah. swinging. Well, goodness. Okay. Let's see. Um, it's paladin time I'm not here. Sure. I don't know if 12 hits. 12 Probably does not. Doesn't. As the Oni kind of slaps your shot to one <laughs> side. And the other one is like a nat one, so... All right. <laughs> um, I did it, one cool move and then just it was like... a very cool move and then it slaps the, the d down and then stomps on it to keep it on the ground a little bit uh, you wiggle it pull it loose but it kind of ruins the shot all right yeah coming up next uh, uh oh it's them okay so the oni it's like <laughs> choices choices you um it's going to... It looks over towards... Hmm. I'm going to roll for it. I'm going to roll and see. Oh. Nope. Cock dice. All right. Talithar. I need you to do a wisdom saving throw. <clears throat> okay. Uh... You do get your paladin bump for it, and technically, Hilda's paladin bump for it. I get Hilda's as well. Uh, yes. yes. That's so yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. It's kind of broken. Like... <laughs> but, uh, stat. I will allow it. Like I know oh. spells back, but they're not spells, so maybe yeah, weird, cool. It's oh. just auras. It was just I mean, our order. Like, we are just an entire party of just paladins. It would be the most broken thing in the game. Okay, I mean, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> okay. Little death ball roll. Uh, I mean, I don't think I, I... I rolled a nat 16. So whether I take it or I didn't, I would have either had plus 9 or plus 13. So... All right. So, the Oni's yellowish, blood-streaked eyes lock eyes with you. And... For a moment, you feel yourself tugged towards it. Just its power of presence overwhelming your senses. You just give your head a mighty shake, and these sparks kind of flicker in your eyes from her, from Hilda's shot. And you're just like, "No!" And you step back, unaffected by the charm. All right. Um, the Oni then goes, <sighs> "Pity." It would have been good to have you fight alongside your friend. Speaking of your friend, um, you, uh, the Oni is going to go straight up, 30 feet up. So Hilda, Talithar, and Gex all get attacks of opportunity if you wish. 
Ooh. Uh, uh, yeah. Free stabby times? Of course. Legal choice if you wish to take one. You can choose to if you want to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will, Who wants I will to go, go first? Who, me? Did Gex go first? Do you roll first? Does 19 know. hit? 19 <laughs> does hit. Okay. Woo. I mean, I guess I'm going to do another slashing attack. 28 hit? 28 also hits as this <laughs> Oni begins to levitate up. In all, like, it looks badass, but you're all like, all right. Uh, as it's kind of brown as yeah, is flopping like, around it, and you're just like, hit him in the business. Let's just all roll our damage and see what happens to it. I'm gonna use my last spell slot to divine smite it. Do it. Uh, how much damage did you do there, Hilda? Uh, let me see. I'm using my last uh, third level spell slot. As the paladins yeah. just unload on this thing. <laughs> so, uh, no, sorry, you finished there. I only did twenty-four damage. <laughs> I only did twenty-one damage. Only twenty-five damage <laughs> <laughs> together. <laughs> How much? Twenty-five for Hilda. Yeah, and uh-huh. twenty-one for Talithar. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, as it's like beginning to levitate up. Uh, Gex, did you get a shot off? Oh yeah, so he's going to do the same attack. So, uh... You can't do, unless you've got Warcaster, you can't do a spell. Just a melee attack. Yeah, he's going to stab, so... Right, so not the spell, but the stabbing for... What does it add up to? Um... 10 plus... Does he get sneak attack on that? There's people close by. So yeah, 20, like 30 altogether. Yeah, I do believe it counts because the restriction for sneak attack is you can do it once per turn, and this is a separate turn than your turn was. So you didn't use it up or anything. It's still available. If you want uh, to, you can drop sneak attack into it, or you can save it for your turn. You can't do both. No, no, no this would be a separate turn. This is not Gex's turn. This is a yeah, different so he's turn. not doing inflict wounds. He's doing a, a strike not with his dagger. Yeah. And he gets sneak attack on it. That's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the spell will be on the, on my turn. So, yes, total of 30 damage. All right. Yikes. As all of you just <laughs> run him down. Just, and it's like the classic like curb stomp. This thing was trying to fly up all cool. And like Talithar knocks it to the ground, very similar to the way you knocked the Naga down. Hilda just freaking unloads on this thing. Gex is just shanking it while it's down, and it is, it is just a bloody ruin. Wow. But not dead. Is it dead? Not dead. That is that is how it. That is how you guys roll here on Strange Acquaintances. You just frickin' curb stomp the Oni. All right. What, okay. we're supposed to take it easy on him now? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> no, no. Okay, you no, that's fine. Last... No. You just go home. 
<laughs> the beholder oh, left them behind to die. Uh, almost all of them. So, the last enemy for this round. Elias, you've felt this before. This cold sensation come climbing up your spine. You turn your head just in time. I need you to roll a d20, please. Six. You turn your head and you see the flicker of black cloth, the edge of a skeletal face inside a hood, leaning down the red flare of the crystal in its forehead and those sunken eye sockets and this greenish light just beginning like a mist, but instead of pouring out, it's pouring in, into the eyes, filling the inside of the cloak with this greenish glow and you flinch just instinctively you felt this before but I suppose I could try and counterspell anything it is <laughs> at a distance and you're like wait you're okay and you flinch feeling like am I about to die again but instead you look and you see as the frail body of your grandmother crumples to the ground beside you. And the this reaper looks up. Okay. That is its turn and is now going to try to move um, back from you as it has harvested your grandmother's soul. No! Um, it's going to move away from you. If you want, you can have an attack of opportunity. I, I wouldn't be able to do anything. I'm probably just holding on to grandma right now. So Okay, yeah, you try to catch her as she's going down. It steps back and begins to fade away in the darkness. It's still there back there somewhere. Coming up now. Actually, could I could yeah. actually could I try to like rip off a piece of its cloak or something before it goes? Sure. Go ahead and make a an attack. Dex or strength is your call. I don't even know which one's strong. Oh god. Okay, they're both awful. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah. You grab you it and you feel the cloth. You're like, oh, I'm gonna keep a tendril of that black cloak, and it just turns to smoke in your fingers, and you've got nothing. And you look down. You're cradling your grandmother's body, and she's looking up. Her eyes are gray, as though she was trying to say something. And she's gone. All right, that's their turn. It is now Elias's turn. Yep. Um, he's just gonna 
cry out for Hilda and Talithar. Like, she's... Someone help her! And he's gonna... Has the Reaper gone out of, like, my sight, or is it still there? Um, it is still back there. You can see the reddish tint of the of the crystal, and it's kind of green-pale illumination uh, in its eyes. It is now probably about 20, 30 feet back and receding okay. rather quickly. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do a little Hail Mary. I'm gonna try and cast Suggestion on it. Sure. Hmm. I'm just gonna check something real quick. For those who uh, are wondering, I've basically reskinned a Bodak. Which means, I believe, uh, yeah, um, you go ahead. What do you want to suggest to this thing? Oh, stay, stay put. Like it's not leaving. <laughs> yes, I am. Your time will come. But not today. It is immune to charm. Sorry, bud. Mark off the spell slot. Yep. Okay. That's your action. What do you want to do with your... Anything else? Now he's pretty much just going to cry over her body. Fair enough. Um... <laughs> okay. Coming up next. Rook. Oh, I was sorry. Oh, yeah, Retroactively, uh, I was supposed to drop the firewall. Oh, sure. Yeah, you can just do that. Yeah. yeah. And it fades. Uh, Rook is going to... Like, seeing all this going... Ha- happening, uh, he is going to stealth and look for a weapon like and, and 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 see if there's any enemies that he has to kill like he's seen the dead naga and the honey so he's just wondering what what's left sure thing and uh yeah i don't so think you look around you're pretty close to a fire elemental so i'm going to say you burn your bonus action to disengage um and then you look around you can see a crumpled guy who's like half chewed on by all of these cindered bone uh, skeletons, they're dead and burnt, and some of his stuff is burned too, but you see, he's got a, a, a short sword, he's got a crossbow, um, uh, some usable bolts uh, in a in like a, a crossbow bolt case. So if you raid this body, uh, that's probably your best bet. Probably what he's gonna do. And um, I don't think he even sees really any enemies around. He, it's hard to tell. It's you're suddenly in a new place. You see fire elementals. Um, yeah. You see the dwarf. You do see the dwarf that was teleporting the beholder, kind of crumpled yeah. here. I also know that he's like been. Uh, he's like, like kneeling, not to. totally crumpled. Yeah. And I also know he's been forced, so I'm just trying to get my barons and just kind of probably 
get through the body and uh, get get hold of weapons and figure something out. Like unless they're he doesn't really have a good target right now. So all right, he doesn't. Uh, do an insight check for me. terrible role. Yeah, it looks like everything's good. The dwarf is kind of shaking back and forth like this. It appears from kind of, you're looking at him from behind. You gear up with a crossbow and a short sword. Just good. And you look over and you see Gex just doing what Gex does. Frickin' curb stomping an Oni. Just laying into it. Hilda too. Uh, some dude in plate mail next to him just swinging away at this body. Just desecrating this body alright and that is your turn coming up next somebody and then Balin then empty wisdom but before that um, the dwarf finishes his spell and gets to do uh, five of these so he's going to do one two three four and Five. Yep. So five. Five of you are getting attacked. One. Woo. Two. Uh, does 20 hit your AC, Gex? Yep. All right. Ah. One second while that adds up. Uh, you take 32 points of damage. You can technically do your rogy thing. What is he attacking me with? Um, the dwarf finished his spell. It was commanded by the Oni last time, but he just wrapped it up. Uh, steel wind strike as the dwarf vanishes from its position yeah. and immediately appears behind Gex for a second with this slash of a, yeah. a, a blade. So what kind of saving throw is it? I'm, I'm, I'm it's a It's a weapon attack and he hits you. So you take oh, 32 oh. points of force damage. You can half that using your rogue ability uh, evasion. Uh, Hilda does 20 hit your AC. The only problem oh. is that he's used his reaction. Which one? Did we use our reactions for opportunity? Oh, that's true. So Gex, you take all 32 points. Um... Because right. you used your reaction to stabinate the Oni. It was a good reaction. Oh. It's just like, well, cut from behind. Uh, <laughs> Hilda, what's your AC? Yeah, the AC is 17, so I guess 20 does hit. All right, so you also take 32 points of force damage as this dwarf cuts into you and then immediately bamps away. It's, it's a strange spell. It's, it's, it's like, bamf, 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 bamf. It's very Nightcrawler, and then uh, and then he stops bamfing in a moment. Uh, Talithar. <laughs> um, I'm guessing that 13 does not hit your AC. It does not hit the okay. AC. So I guess I just see, just with blinking, hitting Gex, and then I just raise the shield just in time to, like, block and strike. He kind of looks at you as though he's almost trying to pull the punch, but not quite. Um, you see the the Ashar, the uh, the cleric there. Ooh, just take it, 
and just boom, he gets cut. His throat is gone. Um, that's four and Izzled. That's a nat 20. Oh. Izzled, you're going to be taking 64 points of force damage. Down. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. I told you I was almost down <laughs> last game. I had taken a really two or three bad hits. And they I was under half. Hit her from there? Hmm? Um, it is. Well, let me double check the range on this. Hold on. It's, I, it's a crazy I... long range. Steel. Really? Steel wind strike is 30 feet. Hold on. Hold that's, on. That's very short. That's not in terms of D and D at least. So it was here. Oh, Isold is still alive! Yay! <laughs> saved by Darcy. How many? Three. How many hit points was that again? You took sixty-four. Sixty. Oh, okay. So you <laughs> you don't. I'm take still that. under half, but oh, not 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 as bad now. Um, alright then. Oh, I guess the no, only other person there would be, uh, the nat 20 goes to Trig. And Trig <laughs> takes 64 <laughs> points oh, of damage. He's, he turns, he just stands up, having face down a beholder next to Talithar. He's like, I would fight with you. And he And he's just gotten, his head just falls off. He was good. And now he's gone. He was good wine, and now he's gone. And that, and then the uh, the dwarf teleports to ne- just behind where Trig was standing, and standing there, there's a reddish tint, just almost like smoke coming off of the the crystal Ooh. in his forehead, and he's just like, <sighs> and he kind of stumbles back a little bit. All right, now it's Balin's turn, and then it's Empty's turn. Okay. Uh. So what's uh what's the biggest looking monster on the field? Because uh, my my uh map is still sadly not totally showing through. So there is an elemental that seems to be swinging at anything that kind of gets close to it. Um, there was some flicker of vision and then a dwarf kind of bamfed in behind and cut the head off this guy who you think might be on your side. It's, it's freaking chaos. Based on Balin's position, I wouldn't think maybe they saw like the reaper figure, maybe. Oh yeah. You, they would have watched her die, right? That's like... true. You saw the grandmother crumple and you saw the, the hooded figure retreating back into the darkness so you can still just well do a perception check for me you're trying to spot a partially invisible 14 14 i'm gonna give it advantage on its uh unfortunately you can see where it went approximately but you can't identify exactly where it is you know it was somewhere Almost due north of you, a little bit to the, a little bit to the right. Okay. 
Uh, I don't think I got anything that's AoE enough to do anything with that. Um, I think maybe I'll just try to hit the elemental with a, uh, a catapult spell. Nice. All right, make your attack. So I believe he gets a reflex save against oh, it. even better. Yeah, four, DC 14 dex. Natural 20. So this elemental, uh, it didn't even move. It just looks as the thing just goes right through it, and it's a fire elemental. So I think, it was just I, think like, I get to do what? half damage still. Yeah, you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> so Catapult's actually a really weird spell in that what it does is it travels in a line until it hits something. And anything that pat, say, like saves takes no damage, but you get to make an attack roll against anything that was behind it. Um, Talithar. <laughs> it's a very weird and... spell. You can, like, I throw this, and if it hits the first guy, it stops. But if it doesn't, I get to make an attack roll I'm against gonna, the next I'm guy. I'm going to say Hilda. Guy, Hilda, go ahead and very make us. Cool. Uh, actually, hold on. Uh, oh. I'll, I'll just roll. Hilda, pick a color, blue or red. <laughs> Let's go with... Red. For Valentine's Day! Woo. Red for right, Valentine's. Should have only rolled 3d8 there, so the, take the 5 <laughs> off the end there. No worries. Uh, so you get the high roll. You win, Hilda! Which means uh, it doesn't hit you. It goes after the dwarf. Um, just by the angles. So uh, go ahead and roll your attack roll there. Or uh, No, it's a deck save, right? Um, right? So Torig gets a deck save and fails miserably and takes the damage, which was 15? Uh, 10. 10. All right. Minus 5. Minus 5. Right. Yeah, we've only rolled 3. I was looking at the level 2 version. Clobbered with a rock in the back of the skull. All right, nice. Coming up next. Uh... Anything else this turn before I move on to Balin? Uh, again, just move as far away from uh, combat as I can. We'll still stay within kind of like, uh, you know, I think uh, 50 feet would be it, ideal. It probably is safest if you move down towards Izzled, or do you want to stay near Elias? Uh, I'm, I'm happy to go down near Izzled. Okay, so you get to move like 25 feet that way. Uh, it's kind of rough terrain, so I'm going to say... A few, a few patches you can dodge, but I'll say you get about here, 15 feet or so. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with my map. I can see, uh, I can see the background, but I can't see any actual characters on it. Oh, weird. you might have to like zoom, zoom out a lot more to see like a little. Well, twenty just. Are you actually like zooming out and going to the right hand side? Because you might be looking at like. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all the way. Yeah. Weird. Okay, like, here we go. I, I refreshed and now I'm seeing everything. Okay, oh, yeah. Way yeah, better. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. All right. I should uh, suggest that sooner. I didn't think about it. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where you moved me looks pretty good. Coming up next Empty Wisdom. So Empty is on the ground, slowly wait, like getting up. We She saw, you know, what Izzel did. I already responded to that. And she's just looking around at everything happening, just going, I shouldn't be here. I, 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 sh I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. And then this, like, just get up, child. And she just <laughs> mask over her face again, lifting her to her feet. And immediately, wisdom is back in control. Just, and it's like, 
control. I think like previously when we've seen it, we haven't seen it so blatant. It's sort of been like, this is like a thing that sort of maybe comes to like protect her or something when she's in a situation. And there is this intent that is very clear in the specter of wisdom. And she just scans towards this specter of death. And the, like, not step of the wind, technically, because it takes a bonus action to manifest the visage. Um, but with that increased, you know, monk movement, just floats over the ground, glides towards, uh, direct towards this specter, um, disappearing, um, illuminated in, under the eyes of wisdom. Um, Absolutely. As she, as she can move, like, 45 feet uh, to, like... Like technically only like to hear, I guess. So you can get Unless right next to Balin. Maybe I will dash. dash. I sure, might actually just do it. I can bonus action dash, but manifesting the visage takes a bonus oh, action. So I can't see. do both. But you can but, action um, dodge. I don't think I have. I, I think I'm going to action dash. So yep. we just see, you know, the spectral, you know, uh, branches and the wooden mask appear over her and just like forcing the body to move and dragging it with them uh wisdom glides towards where the she can sense the um the specter of death and um with spirit of the i think uh, word of the spirit i think it's called yeah word of the spirit she can sort of speak directly to one creature um and just projects her voice directly to um the death the the, the specter saying do not walk away from me I our spirits are entwined you must answer why you are here if it was just to get the woman none of this would have happened there's more to it you must answer me my compels me I must serve you are not bound by that you have a higher calling and it Fight tries it. to touch its clawed uh, claw like um, skeletal fingers up towards its forehead and then as though burned kind of retreats its fingers back Okay, so I'll, like, notice that. And I'm, I'm saying this, I'm trying to project my presence as much as possible, as I usually do, as, as wisdom. Um, but as the, as the creature is sort of, like, continuing to try to pull away, have my action now, but just to preempt it because we sort of know it's coming, um, can I just, like, jump right to my reaction? Yeah. Um, with the spectral arms... Uh, they actually give me reach. So even though I'm not right next to them, as they try to move, I want to like lash out at the gem specifically. Absolutely. I'm going to get you to do a uh, an attack roll. Cool. 22. You, the spectral hands, almost like branches, reach up and grasp at this reddish it's not a ruby it's almost like broken quartz that has been bled into 
and it grasps into this. it. Fight it. And you are now in this. I'm going to get you to choose whether you want to do a wisdom check or a strength check. I mean, I'll take a wisdom check. Um, my whole astral thing is that I get to use wisdom instead of strength in like basically any situation. And because right? of that, that is... I'm going to give you advantage. Okay. So just a flat wisdom check? Flat wisdom. 19. Oh, no. You have advantage on this. It's still 19. Okay. I need a 19 and a 16. Okay. Uh, allow me to just... And I know I'm, like, preempting, but, like, this is, like, the end of the round. Of we gotta... <laughs> I, I've been waiting for this to happen, so I'm just doing it all you right now. You reach up the, the astral hand of yours grabbing onto this gem and you pull and the and the reaper begins to pull back and almost try to clutch at it and then it grasps your Fight wrist er one and with this tearing sound broken bone and you see chunks of broken skull breaking away along with this gem as you heave backwards tearing this this it, it from the surface it looks like it's probably only about an inch inch and a half in diameter but mm. you realize that this gem is not a surface like a thing it is yeah. it is like a spike and it is mm. jagged broken crystal that has been embedded in and it's almost like a hook um, embedding into the skull of this being and then as mm. you begin to pull it back little pieces of the shards of it break off and shatter little bits of bone come loose and then you, you pull it back and you've got this ruby red crystal in your hand and you hear this howling sound um, that you've heard before it's the beholder's voice in the area all of you can hear it do not interfere. And then the Reaper stumbles to its knees, half phasing up to its thigh in the ground. And it looks up. It is severely damaged. And it looks up at empty wisdom. And the rest of you, with those sunken eyes, Thank you. Return to your duty. You're free. I hope. And it fades. And I think um I think the astral visage drops too at that moment. And empty just collapses again. Very, very confused. And the eventually the elementals flitter out um there's the magic that was compelling them to be there fading and you take in this field of carnage um i'm gonna get one last perception check from uh pretty much everybody i'll take a roll just for fun. As you look out across this scattered battlefield, burning trees. 
<laughs> Gotta love a, a 10 that's bright red because it's a nat one. <laughs> yeah, I got a nat one too. Double nat ones. It's, you're all just like, that was uh, I feel like that's appropriate, yeah. Yep. I thank you oh, everyone for humoring me with that uh, extended turn to... to... I like I don't know. That was <laughs> the end of the turn Nice. Did anybody beat a 20? All right. So, you breathe heavy, wipe the blades off, take stock and come walking back into the center of this as a party. Most of you have survived. All of you have lost something or someone. So uh, Gex will see Rook and just go up to him and stop in front of him, kind of grab him on the shoulders and turn him <laughs> like this. Just be like, slap him on the shoulders and be like, tug you long enough. Yeah, I was delayed. What? What well, just happened? I think Talithar is going to try to hold down Torig or like contain him. Can um, I run toward uh, Elias and his grandmother? Of course. Yeah, you run. You can see the. Is the point of order? Is is, is everyone like the ones who are down? Are they actually dead? Dead, or are they just down and dying? Um, if they're marked with an X, uh, they they appear to be dead. There's a couple of skeletons, but you dispatch them no problem. I'm just wondering, like, if if anyone is like dying, if we can heal them, or are they like dead, dead? You look around, and everybody there's. One lonely crossbowman from uh, Hudrick's force has survived. Uh, oh, two we'll actually. I'm sure, like like the paladins will heal them a bit. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, you're all a bit bloodied and worse for wear. Um, it definitely is. Anyone else gonna try to restrain this wizard, uh, the dwarf wizard? I would like to go try to talk some sense into him. Sure. So Talithar and Balin, what do you want to say to Torig as he's sitting there kind of mumbling, staring off the thousand mile stare? I'm going to tell him, it's okay, buddy. We'll we'll fix this. We'll figure out a way to, to dispel that. Let's hold all on you. And then look to Balin like, that gem in his forehead, it is controlling him. We need to find a way to, if you can dispel the magic or if we can find a way to do that, we can free him. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, is largely just like, but yeah. um, I'm I'm pretty low on on spells right now. I'd have to rest before I'd even contemplate that. Um, could I maybe try showing him uh, like uh, like a clan symbol or like uh, maybe like one of the dwarven uh, holy symbols I have on me and just uh, saying I'm Balin of the clan Iron Eater Toreg. You know me. Try to see if I can pull him out of it. Balin. Balin. What are you doing here? I am. I am on a. I am on a quest. Did you? Did you make it? I. Wait. 
And it looks like he's being compelled and he tries to be making motions with his hands. Are you going to let him? No. We're going to be stopping him from casting spells. Okay. He's definitely trying to do something, but it doesn't appear to be... He can't do it without moving his arms. Um, and you noticed as part of... I mean, you got a 19 on your perception. You saw your eyes immediately, Talithar, your eyes immediately go to him uh, after everything settled down. And you can see him begin to draw runes into the dirt as he a circle beginning to take shape as he's had begun a casting of some kind, and then you stopped him. Um, yeah. It looked like some kind of circle he was trying to, trying to draw on the ground, but he didn't have time to complete it. No, no, we're, we'll be binding him up. Yeah. Good buddy. We know you're not getting restrained. Balin. Uh, Doreg. What was your mother's name, Balin? Uh, Brunhilda. Brun... Brumis. Little one. You got big. <laughs> I did, I did, Toreg. It's been a long time. I've heard many stories about you, but it's good to see you again. His eyes are sunken. He looks like he has at least, mechanically, three levels of exhaustion. Um, maybe more, <laughs> and quite a few wounds. He is a wreck. But he looks at you, he kind of locks eyes and does a little smirk. Do me a favor, for old time's sake. Whatever you need, Toreg. Kill me. <laughs> uh, oh, geez. Uh, can I insight check this? Let's like see if this is actually him or, or the stone talking. Sure. Uh, not too good. I've only got a 10. Oh. He seems pretty genuine in his request. Seems pretty clear-eyed. A little hard to tell, though. He's he's alternating back and forth. It's it's hard to tell what his thoughts are and where his compulsion begins. Empty is just walking around in a day, not really sure what's happening. Walking among the bodies that she's like are just kind of there now and they went they weren't a moment ago according to like her memory and she's just holding this like red crystal in her hands not knowing where she got it just kind of walking among people holding it out in front of her um and i imagine she walks upon this exchange and seeing him with the gem in his head and holding gem in her hands just uh Empty, you kick over some stones as you begin to walk towards the group and you look down you see in a rough circle arranged uh, almost perfect circle of stones just kind of arranged empty grass in between them. And then you keep walking over towards this and you've got this red gem as you step through. Solid grass beneath. And uh, you hold the, the broken stone out towards them. So I feel a little bad now. I just realized I have fourth level spell slots. I could have tried to counterspell that that thing that killed Elias's grandmother there. But I think I can use that to cast Shatter at a higher level. Can I try casting that on the stone in his forehead? Uh, that will kill us or him. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, 
If I'm just targeting the crystalline object, though, because I think it uh, has to be made of inorganic materials to work. It's an area. Yeah, Shatter's like an AoE spell. It would yeah. definitely work on the crystal, but it would probably kill us all, too, yeah. Like that's like... thunder damage. I have first level spells left. I think I can put absorb elements thunder on him, right? That's only no, but I what I'm saying is it's almost like you're casting myself. a thunder fireball in our midst. It's the equivalent yeah. of that. So you like, could solve you all your problems by casting a it, thunder yeah, fireball. Yeah, you just basically nuke us. Um, if you're able to, <laughs> I would suggest you just like, as a wizard, you could probably switch, switch up spells when you rest. and You could keep them bound. Yeah, like, we're just going to keep them bound. You don't have to solve the problem right now. As a wizard, you can just easily rest, change your spell slots to spell magic. Assuming you know the spell magic, right? Assuming you know. Yeah. I don't know if I took that one. I think I get, went for Catter. Highly recommend it. Bad. Probably my favorite spell. <laughs> Some people love Catter's spell. I like the spell magic. Isold, you have made your way past this scene with the dwarf. Um... It seems to be under control, and you, you take a look over towards Elias as he's cradling his grandmother. Is there anything you want to do? Yeah, I'm just gonna... I mean, there's nothing I can do for her. Um, But I'll just kind of go and hold Elias and be like, I'm so sorry. No. It is, it is, Elias isn't going to talk right now. It's out of combat, so Hilda can move. Yeah, you guys towards... can interact, absolutely. Okay. okay, so Hilda is going to like first go like fist bump Gex, I guess, because he's still next to her. Like, well, you know what? Took them one thing. Okay, and then like moves over to. Elias and his grandmother, and, you know, just I'm gonna take all the knowledge that I've gained from medical school's first term, first year. I'm gonna try to channel that and confirm with lay on hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and how many hit points do you want to try dumping into uh, the fallen form of his grandmother? Uh, let me just say I'll dump like all 45 points of my Leon hand. Just, I mean, like, I get you to do a roll a d20. All right, Oof. Let's hope. seven. <laughs> Sorry, did you say seven? Seven. But I do have proficiency in medicine. So that would be a 12. Yeah, you can add that. Yeah, okay, 12. Okay. So you okay. go and you're ready. You focus, you rub your hands together, you sling your battle axe and lean down, just trying to trying to reach out towards her to bring her back, to, to keep her here. And you look at her and her face is still. Her, she looks younger than she did when you met her. Her stress and worries have faded away and took several of her oh. wrinkles with him. And she's cradled in the arms of her grandson. And she's still 
and you stop yourself. She's gone. She's beyond what you can do at this point. And so I, I also join Nipple and put the arm around Eli. She at least was prepared for her end. And I know that she leads you uh, as a capable divinationer. I'm sorry, Eli. He's just he's just nodding. Is everyone around him right now, or there's kind of two clumps? Some over, but okay. that's not very far away. It's about maybe that twenty feet apart. Like wander over, like she's just kind of wandering in a daze at this point. Yeah, yeah. If Eli sees that crystal in Empty's hand, then yeah, it's not yeah, being hidden at all. It's very visible. Okay, um, Eli's gonna look over at Empty. Can I have that? Uh, yeah. Okay, I. I don't know where I got it. And he'll just grab it and put it in his bag. Thank you. Um, and just kind of, he's in that mind frame right now, so he kind of looks over at Talathar. Um, if, if we're going to find that thing, this... The Oni still have, or the blue thing still have anything in his bag? We'll do a check. We'll check for everything. Okay. You begin to go through um, the remains of the Naga, the remains of the Oni. You find several things, especially on the Oni, this kind of shoulder satchel it kept underneath its cloak. Um, the t- cloak is tattered and ruined. You guys wrecked it. <laughs> Um, uh, it, it was just a cloak, but the bag, considering how many times I'm like, when you rolled, it wasn't a single shot. You guys like kept stabbing and kept hitting with an ax until this Oni stopped moving. Um, it should have been riddled with holes. The bag is flawless. Classic. Wow. The Naga doesn't seem to have anything on it besides um, its bizarre physiology. If anybody wanted to try to harvest anything from it, you could. Um, Talathar, you you hold up this bag that you take off the Oni. It seems... It feels like there's some stuff in it. doesn't seem overly heavy. Hey, check it out. Maybe it might be a bag of holding. Like, he, you know, seeing carefully seeing what's inside sure you open it and you don't see anything in it it it's dark inside I'll try to see if you can empty something out like is there sure. something in it uh roll a d100 for me <laughs> nice I gotta get something I just got this for Christmas I'll be right back. oh Uh, all right 
There we go. My kids got me this for Christmas. <laughs> Yay! 62. Um, five gems fall out of it and clink, clink, clink onto the ground. Um, and just because it's fun, they are uh, red, jagged chunks of of quartz. They probably have some value, but they're not dissimilar to the the one that was torn from the Reaper. These you have five control gems. They're probably worth something or other. They're worth about ten gold each. Wow. <laughs> I guess if you didn't have the magic to control. Oh, but you do yeah, find probably worth more to the right person, but you know. Um as others uh, begin to aid with this, you also find uh, several um, around the neck of the Oni, uh, the string uh, jagged and half cut, so it's not magical string, but around there are several of these crystals that are clear quartz with blood veins through them that seem to be controller crystals. So you get three of those off the body as well. Do you want to keep Those shaking are just dice? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to keep shaking out the bag? Uh, sure. Yeah. All right. Roll another D one hundred. Okay, we can see what. Uh... Forty-four. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> A large head falls out and hits the ground, and then you're like, wait a minute, that landed real heavy. That's made of stone? You you look at it, it's a bust. A beautiful piece of art. At a at a glance, probably worth around two hundred and fifty gold. As a expert in stone crafts, can I maybe identify it? Absolutely. As a recognizable like historical figure? Um, it's a beautiful yeah, art piece of some some noble picked up somewhere. You begin to shake this out, and I'm going to say, um, how about this? How about everybody go ahead and roll a D100 for me? I'll, I'll keep these other two rolls as well. So 44. Higher is better, generally. I will say that. And of course I get a 5. Because, you know, you just said higher is better. Yeah. yeah. And... Can I use a plot point? So, like, maybe, like, Grandma somehow used the last of her Oops. powers to, like, leave something nice for me from the bag. Sure. Like, tip luck in my favor one last time. You know what? I will let you use her portent dice. So I'll count that as an advantage. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let... Not portent, per se, but, like, I'll let you roll with advantage. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. 80. 80. All right. Um, okay. I need you to roll again. It's treasure time. Um, I need you to roll. Where'd it go? Uh, I roll another D100 for me, Elias, and I'll let you roll with advantage on this one, too. 40. 
well, hold on. I'll give you a choice. Uh, I love a sec. 40? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of fitting. Um, or 23, one or the other. All right. A pair of boots fall out. Uh, well, you find on her. And you remember these boots. She would use these around the house all the time. And she had to grab something off the top shelf. And you'd be like, I'll help you, Graham. And she'd like, get back. I can do it myself. And she would just levitate up into the air and grab what she wants and then come back down. So you have boots of levitation. Oh, my God. You take them off of her. You take off Grandma's slippers and you put them on yourself. And you now have boots of levitation, sir. Uh, Gordon Talithar, how did you roll? Uh, he rolled. This one's going back. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Okay, you get uh six of these art objects falling down, each worth two hundred fifty gold. And go ahead and roll another D one hundred for me. Okay. Twenty-two. Nice. Um, a wicked-looking, jagged, single-edged battle axe, but massive. Um, so, and you can trade as you want, but uh, you you found a berserker axe. All right, uh, we dealt with Brandon. We've got Gordon, uh, Timely. So, in terms I... of just coin and stuff, you just get a bunch of gems. Let me roll them. Uh, you get six gems, each worth a hundred gold, various diamonds and rubies. And roll another D100 for me. I, I had rolled a 68. A 68. Uh, okay. Just one sec. A ring, a magical ring. So Hilda, and you can trade for this if you want to. Hilda, a ring of protection, plus one. All right, it's treasure time. We need some treasure music here. Hold on. Yeah, treasure time. As you guys spend some time going through the bodies, getting a bunch of stuff. Um, all right. Uh, I'm just gonna keep going around. Uh, Isold, how'd you do? I got a five. A five. That's right. So go ahead and roll one more time on the. Uh, on the D100. So you got a few... 29! Like, for a five, you got like a couple of broken gems of the similar style, the brain ones. And, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, what was that? 29. 29. You get a censure. It's like a... It's like a, a strange little lantern type thing, but it's a sensor of controlling elementals. So that explains why they got to control that. All right. Oh. Coming up next. Uh, do we do... Uh, you know what? Rook. Let's go ahead and roll twice. I'm assuming you guys are going to give him a cut of the treasure. <laughs> He's in there. 68 and a 3. Uh, 68. Uh, all right. Hold on. Damn. All right. Four, uh, 
Uh, you get four spell scrolls of fourth level. Whoa. That's not nothing. Actually, sorry. Three spell scrolls, fourth level. One spell scroll, eighth level. Holy moly. All right. And uh, what awesome. was the first one? 68? You also get... Uh, uh, on, sorry, folks. It's treasure deal in time. Uh, you get 10 gems, each worth... A, uh, wait, 100? 50. 10 times 50 in gems for Rook. Okay, and you guys can you guys can divide as you need to. I'm just doing a roll for each of you. Um, okay, who have I missed? Gex and Empty Wisdom. So go ahead and roll. Uh, Gex, what did you do? I put it in there. Oh, 93. All right. Um, you get a bunch of rolled up paintings. Um, they're in a scroll case, and you're like, oh, okay. And they're worth a fair penny. You have a discerning eye as a former thief. You get four times 250 gold paintings. And uh, I will roll a d4 on the... Oof, that is a beefy one. All right, once. All right. Ah, well, all right. And you roll a d4, Steve. Why am I rolling? Sure, not a little d4. Like paintings, three. Okay, now roll a percentile dice three times, quick. Percentile, <laughs> like a d one hundred. Yeah. Uh, thirty-three. Thirty-two. Uh, that's gonna be a broom of flying. You're just shaking <laughs> this bag of holding upside down. It's just <laughs> pouring stuff out after a little while, and you're all just like. <gasps> Oh, so you got a broom of flying. Yeah. Next one? And then a 32 and an 81. 32. Um, you get... Okay, uh, and an 81. So you already got the broom of flying. Um, 81. These gloves that seem kind of webbed in the fingers. So gloves of swimming and climbing. And one last percentile dice for Steve. Yeah. 79. A gem of brightness. I don't even know what that does. <laughs> Is that a flashlight? Yeah, probably. Empty, I need you to roll a D100. Cool. Uh, my original roll was a 24. Let's okay. want me to roll another one. Uh, no, not yet. Uh, you get a bunch of um, beautiful ornate jewelry. Uh, it is... Um, worth 250 gold each and you get two of them and i'll get you to do another okay. percentile dice okay i imagine like somebody is sort of pulled that out of the bag and has sort of approached empty like hey this yeah. is for you right yeah. uh, 44 is my second one as as they're like bringing it up to me i'm kind of just like i i i don't i don't i don't i don't want i don't want it and i just sort of like walk backwards into this fairy ring and just sort of like sit down and hug my knees to my chest um, just sitting in the um, middle of that barrier right now. You actually realizing find, that that's you, yeah. you almost stumble over and you, you find the staff that Ashina used to use. And you're suddenly aware you don't know where Ashina is. Oh. What? Is, 
has anyone seen Ashina? And just like picked up the staff and pulling it. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I forget what kind of staff it was. It was pretty beefy staff. It was. It was like a you know, staff of the one that all druids get. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Wilds or something like that. Yeah. I think yeah. probably was. Staff of the Woodlands was that it? Maybe. That's not right. I'm looking. We might need to it look that up. It was a staff of the Woodlands. Yep. Is that you... my loot, or is that just something I happened to find as well by walking into the? Um, I kind of like the fact. Well, technically, you rolled so low, you probably wouldn't have got much loot. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say you get the staff of the Woodlands. Forty-four, anything, or is that just like a, a thing I did for fun? Uh, the forty-four. It's fine if it is. Yeah. You I don't, also I don't need other find. Things. Hold on. A. All right. Um. You also find. Hold on. Where's the forty-four? There. No. 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 Wrong table. A potion of frost giant strength. Cool. Yeah. No, I kind of like the idea. That I pick up this this staff, but like yep. someone has. I haven't. I'm not actually looking at the bag, right? I'm, yeah. I'm very kind of shocked from this whole doling it Suddenly, out. there's yeah. a bunch of dead things around me, and so if anybody does approach, I think she is very just like, I, no, I don't, I, I don't want anything. Sorry, does that I just stumbled backwards into this circle, right? Now, who did um, I miss? I feel like I missed somebody. Yeah. Matt, did I miss you? Yeah, you have missed me. I think I rolled a forty-eight. Okay. 48 on the first thing is um, so you get six uh, little art objects just like ornate kind of coin size things, carvings and jewelry, um, each worth 25 gold and uh, roll a d4 for me oh four so you get four of these. Uh, roll four 100s. They're not... Uh, I should say before be somebody, like, doesn't crack it, um, you know, someone should write down the, the two 250 gems and a potion of frost giant strength. Whoever wants to be holding on to that. Empty just leaves them there. Um, okay, first things yeah. first. Um, so, Balin, you get a spell scroll, a wizard spell scroll, third level. Uh, you also get a potion of resistance. You get a drift globe. Gotta love those. Very good. And no idea what that. It's. Uh, I'll just roll because I don't really feel like doling that out. It was crap. It was like a ammunition. Um, A dust of disappearance for Balin, and that's it for you. Okay. Did and I, I miss anyone? Worth twenty gold each, right? Yeah, tw uh, twenty-five gold each. And right. and uh, you Just get potion. Oh yeah, go ahead. Quick question: What ex I can't remember what I got. I heard you, and then I totally blanked. Was it you who found the spell scrolls? No. Yeah, I, yeah, I had fine. a okay. 20... What 
was it? Uh, 24? You know what? I can no. look up. Uh, let me... 29. 29. 29. Just one sec. I'll take a look. Yeah, you rolled a 5 and then you rolled again. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Well, I, you I gotta roll a bunch more times, five... actually. Yeah, hold on. I rolled... I put down what the 5 was, but... Oh, I you found a, uh, a sensor of controlling... Um, oh, right. Elementals. But I need you to roll again, actually. Hold on. I don't write this down now. Two more one hundreds, please. Or I can roll for you if you'd like. Um, more fun if you roll. Okay. Two one hundreds, please. Uh, that would be a fifty-seven and a sixty-seven. Arbor of resistance. So, uh, I'm gonna say. The cleric that uh, fell had this armor. It was leather armor, but it's armor of resistance. And, what kind of resistance? And a ring of free action. Okay. Both uh, what kind of resistance? Because usually it has uh, what it's resistant to. Yeah, let me see if I can find that. Uh, and what was... While you're looking for that, what was the ring again? And a ring of free movement. Go ahead and roll a d10 for me. Hold on. Is it free action or free movement? Uh, uh, free a ring of free action. Oh, okay. Basically, it's uh -huh. real hard to tie you up. Gotcha. And um, roll a d10? Yes, please. Would you... Okay. Two. Resist Two. to cold. Resist to cold. That tracks. They were throwing cold around like it was going out of style. So that's a uh, uh, armor. Ah. Okay. Armor of resistance cold. Wow. Okay. There you go. Ring of free action. Difficult terrain means nothing to you. Uh, magic can't slow you down, reduce your speed. You cannot be paralyzed or restrained by magic. That's pretty Amazing. Cool. Uh, did I miss anybody? You should have at least two items each. I, I forget what the roll says. You need at least two items each. Has everybody got two? So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much, everybody. A bit of a bit of a slog. I appreciate your patience. I know that was a long battle, and we went uh, almost an yeah. hour over time. But hey, you got a bunch of loot. Oh, and by the way, I will uh, message in the chat the gold that also piles out. Various gold and coins comes piling out of this bag of holding. Um, it was pretty pretty packed, uh, and so it just yeah. comes pouring out. You got lots and lots of stuff. Uh, and you survived, which that's a win right there. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the staff of the woodlands. That's such a ridiculous item. We had that the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. That thing's broken. Uh, I have to multi-class into Druid. Pick up some energy. <laughs> I mean, that kind of works with empty. 
But I congratulations, think it'd be everybody. You survived the battle with the Beholder, although it did get away. Uh, you lived to fight another day, most of you. And, um, and we'll pick up where we left off in two weeks. I think we're going back to Shadowrun on Tuesday. I do need a name for tonight's episode. Monster Bash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get a Valentine's pun in there somehow. That would be good. Um, Valentine's Day. I don't know. Breaking hearts and taking names. <laughs> that was a good. One. I mean, I gotta go with the classic, my bloody Valentine. Oh, um, that's a good one. That's, that's also a good I have the beholder could work. I mean, old school, obviously, but it's there. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah. 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 I almost had to like... off. Yeah, I, I, like I, I think I like the My Bloody Valentine myself. That's a good touch. All right, thanks very much, everybody. Thanks for joining me. And uh, and we'll play again, I think Shadowrun's next week, and then we'll jump back to D&D in two weeks. Uh, we might be changing that up in a little while, so watch your messages, and we'll we'll see. And uh, Internet, if you have joined us this far, you're the boss. Uh, thanks so much. Don't forget to hit the button. Uh, and I think Steve has a... Uh, uh, an ad he's going to drop in at the end after some credits. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Have yourself a fantastic night, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Good night. Cheers. Wait, I have this. You win. Do we level up, too? Level 10, folks. Level 10. Yeah, no joke. Level 10. We just see empty sort of rocking back and forth in the middle of this fairy circle to be brought back from unconsciousness by a druid's magic. Let's go. It's amazing. <laughs> Let's do this thing. <laughs> nice. My favorite class. Let's do it once more. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> it's like me, always playing bards. All right. Good. Woohoo, I get a new blood curse. Woo-hoo. Okay, I'm probably going to have to pop off now. I am. Oh yeah, me too. Definitely.
do Wait. with these. In the dark. And now, a word from our sponsor. Today, uh, we're actually bringing you a sponsorship from Canadian Heritage Moments. At night, mostly in kitchens, just like yours, all is quiet. The North Continental Paladin can be found in regions spread all across the Northern Hemisphere. Paladins are very timid creatures, but will defend their territories when provoked. They come out at night in search of their food, water, adventures, and materials for their nests. The favorite foods of the paladin are chips, raisins, blood of the vanquished foe, and crumbs from peanut butter on toast. They build their nests in tavern room closets, using lost mittens, dry lint, clothing of defeated enemies, and bits of string. The nests must be very soft and warm. Paladins sleep up to 16 hours a day. If you have a paladin, try Uncle Juicy's Paladin Spray, guaranteed effective in controlling infestations of the holiest kind, or gather them up for the most broken party ever. Paladins, a Canadian heritage moment. Paladin. All right. Thank you very much, Steve. That was fun. All right. And with that, we are done. Good night.